Jam-packed to the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome to our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast thank you guys for being back with us here for episode 244 it is monday october the 25th 2021 we're here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling as always i'm joe Murata, joined by michael quinn how you doing there michael howdy diddy can you believe october's almost over wow october's almost over you rhymed yeah i rhymed again i've been rhyming a lot lately well i do that from time to time i try to rhyme you know and uh, Mm -hmm. hope you have a good time here with us folks as we romp you through the world of retro wrestling we have some good topics in store for you we think we hope but before we get to any of that i want to remind you of a few housekeeping things quinn you can keep that house we'll keep that house one thing you can do is uh, head on to our twitter house that's at ovp podcast we have a daily post there wrestling gifts pictures a very occasional clip these days. Yeah. The they, clip police came. They said no more clips. <laughs> they pulled this over. Yeah. Wrote a t- it was a whole thing. Anyway, you can still go to Twitter and follow us there if you don't, at OVP Podcast. You can also email us if you want to at ovppodcast at gmail.com. That is Podcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, if people want to talk to you and me and over 1,200 other retro wrestling fanatics, where may they go? Over at facebook.com slash rhyme. It's, right. a, it's a rhyming site, but it's not really. You are right. But anyway, over at Facebook Rhyme, yeah. Facebook Rhymes, you can type Leanne in, rhymes. there's a search bar, uh, Oh, you shit. Can t- and you can type in it. What do you do? You can type rhymes into it, but okay. you can also type in it, our vantage point, dash, retro wrestling podcast, finger, boom, tube, score, kafloey, hit the join group, and you're in. Yeah, all you're agreeing to when you hit that join group button is one rule, one rule only, which is don't be what, Quinn? A dunderhead. Don't be a dunderhead, folks. And all we mean by that is, hey, if you want to talk about old wrestling, you want to disagree about old wrestling. Sometimes people disagree. I heard. I've heard of this concept. But you want to debate and discuss and things like that. Feel free to do so. The only thing we ask of you, and we mean it nicely, is don't be an asshole. Basically. (laughs) And all we mean by that. That's the crude way of saying it. Yeah. All we mean by that is no personal attacks, nothing like that. If you're going to disagree, keep it to the wrestling end of things. Don't attack each other. Respectfully disagree, that kind of thing. Yep. That's our Facebook group. If you want to join, it really is a fun time to talk about old wrestling. And then one other thing, if you like OVP, some of you do. I heard they do. Yeah. Uh, And you want more of what we do. Well, we have that available at Patreon, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. This is not some type of get rich thing. It's really just for people that want to support us and we give back to you. There's two separate shows that we do on there. The 1984 Canon, which is in April of 84 right now, and the monthly WWF pay-per-view reviews in order coming out in a a little over uh, less than two weeks, Quinn. Wow. WrestleMania 10. Getting close. The biggie. The biggin'. That's right. Out right now, Royal Rumble. So if you want to check those things out, you want to support us, maybe just give it a try for a month, right? And if you don't like it, cancel. Feel free. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. All right, Michael. Mm -hmm. Ready to roll here? I'm ready. All right, folks. So in case you're new here, what we've been doing this season here is a new segment where we are talking about wrestlers or possibly other things down the road that were very popular, yes. successful, yes. important in any other territory 
except for the WWF. Mm-hmm. To give you an example, last week we talked about Diamond Dallas Page. Yes. Who was a big star for WCW. Stinker in World Federation. Stinker in the World Federation. We also have talked about Tony Anthony this season. Mm-hmm. Dirty White Boy. Really a stinker in the you know, World Wrestling Federation. Literally. So this is a segment, folks, that we call Anywhere But New York. I'm in a New York state of mind. It's heartbreaking. Wah, wah. Really. Wah, wah. Anyway, this time around, we had, and we are taking suggestions. You can do that on our Facebook group. Um, feel free to drop a suggestion. This time around, when we had four people suggest this one. Really? A big popular one, <laughs> right? eh? So we were obliged to do this. So thank you to Tony Barker. Andrew LaSalle, AJ Freeman, and of course, Don DePinay, DePine it. We don't we, know. We never, we'll never figure it out. <laughs> Please continue to not tell us, Don. Uh, <laughs> Big <you>. mystery. <laughs> it's like DDP's silent benefactor. Right. We'll never know. Diamond Dallas, Don DePinay. Yeah. Thank you guys for your suggestion. Quinn, this episode, we are talking about the Steiner brothers. We're the best brother tag team in the world. Okay. I might be <laughs> thinking, hey, Joe and Quinn, the Steiner brothers were WWF Tag Team Champions. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to think about this, right? And was like, why would people vote them even though they were successful? I got one word for you. What is College. Because <laughs> their gimmick was horrible and like nobody gave a shit. <laughs> like, let's be honest. You know, I've heard a long time about the Steiners. How big they are, how tough they are, how bad they are, how unpredictable they are. Oh! Just see for myself. I'm glad they're here now. Well, shut your mouth well, and watch it. You shut up. Now, the college gimmick was played up quite a bit. The University of Michigan and the, yeah. the Letterman jackets. Did you hear they went to college? Yeah, they went to college. Let's tell you, you for know. a year and a half or however long they were there. Let's roll it back to how we got here, right? What's interesting is the Steiners were only a team for less than four years. Right. By the time they hit the WWF. They were kind of like a hit, though, in WCW, yeah, right? I mean, both deal. of them came in separately. But they were really good wrestlers. They put on good matches, yeah. and they were well-respected. And yeah. I know they made a lot of money in Japan and stuff like that. Very successful in Japan as well. Rick obviously started first, and he was in the varsity club in the old Crockett promotion and right. into WCW era. But when they step into the ring, all those plans go out the back door, and they're fighting for their life because that's all they got left. <laughs> we'll take care of business. And Scott came in in late 88, and they started teaming up in early 89. And they were multi-time WCW Tag Team Champions, well-regarded, like you said, they had a very hard-hitting, kind of realistic style. Very athletic. Very athletic, a lot of suplexes. Like college athlete in college. And <laughs> double that type of thing. It seemed like they were tailor-made for JR in WWF, too, by the way. <laughs> just, Pretty much. I'm wondering, you in Michigan. University of Michigan, Rick, a big, big hoss here, uh, 6'2". Big, big 10 <laughs> football, you know, something like that. I know exactly what you mean. But they were very well respected, not only by the casual viewer of WCW and their fan base at the time, but also by the uh, you know the elite wrestling media, such as the Wrestling Observer. Elite. There's, there really is no other media. Maybe Bill Apter. I don't know. Just don't call them the I Aptermags. didn't call it that. I didn't either. I, I just was saying. Bill, I didn't say it, did I? Don't call them the Aptermags. Sorry. Anyway, you know, a lot of people that observed wrestling, if you will, at that time really liked the Steiners. They would get match of the year, I believe from the Observer in one of their Japan matches. Multi-time, like I said, WCW Tag Team Champions. They won the IWGP Tag Titles, I believe, twice off the top of my head. Well-respected pretty much wherever they went. 
They have a great run in WCW, 1991 especially. I believe that was the year where they had that match against Sting and Luger. Yeah. That is extremely praised, and it's it, a great match. Watch Sting. He'll take a chance here. Unbelievable. There's a lot of their matches that are extremely praised, and they were in a good spot to do it. it Rightfully just, so, yeah. Now they decided, we want to be a big deal and go to World Federation of Wrestling. So Vince brings them in, signs them in November of 92. They debut shortly thereafter. Like Quinn said, the college. Now, whereas I know that this was mentioned in WCW. Right. Like, it was mentioned, hey, these guys went to University of Michigan, well, I mean, All-Americans. Here's the thing. Is it sort of makes sense because of the, the varsity club hangover <laughs> with, with Rick, right? Yes, so yes. I, I can see where they're going. The problem is, is that after, like, the first time you see them, I don't give a shit that they went to college. <laughs> Are they going to, like, do they have any kind of personality or anything? Like, they kind of have, like, generic trunks. There's nothing, like, amazing the looking mus- about them. The music, although I understand the spirit of it, it really didn't do them any it is, favors. Their music is poor, Joe. <laughs> like, because here's the thing. What upsets me so much about it is, is I think it has a great start. They're like, and then it goes into, it's a marching band. What the fuck? But it's like a cheap version. You know what I mean? Like it's a Jim Johnston version. Yeah, it's a Jim Johnston's interpretation of college. This ain't no John Philip Sousa. Let me tell you that much. Like 1950s college, like Animal House or something. You know what I mean? Like it's like that. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Anywho, so they come in and they have a pay-per-view debut against the Beverly Brothers. It's fine. We we reviewed it. It's okay. And what are the Beverly Brothers? We don't even know what they are either. They're from Shaker Heights. They're according to you recently. Bakersfield. Bakersfield <laughs> Heights. Yeah, the rich part of Ohio. Yes, of course. And then they go on to have a, a very good match. And I want to mention this thread. They have some good matches. A good match against the Head Shrinkers mm-hmm. at nine. Very hard-hitting. A whatever throwaway eight-man at King of the Ring. Mm -hmm. And it's in June, right after King of the Ring. And this is... (laughs) Quinn, I know you have a problem with this. Mm -hmm. They win the titles for Money, Inc. at a house show. (sighs) They lose them back to Money, Inc. at a house show. And then they win them again at, guess what? A house show. You got it. This is is the big problem, is I don't ever remember them seeing seeing them have a good moment. Yeah, there aren't many. Because they're all not on TV. There aren't many. And this this is a general problem like with the tag division at this point in time. For a period of time, it really was. It, it, every time something important happens, sorry, we, we got it on handheld somewhere. <laughs> Maybe we'll find it. Like, you know we'll what I mean? Find it. Yeah. And what? That is such a weird thing. It is weird. Uh, but they were the tag team champions starting in June of 93. They had a very good match, I thought, anyway, against the Heavenly Bodies at SummerSlam. You like that? Yeah, it's okay. Pretty good. It's, here's the thing. It's like all the matches, I can't talk shit about the matches. Right. They're, they're fine. It's just, there's no, the gimmick is, I, I don't like the gimmick, it. The gimmick is there is none. So WWF being WWF was like, well, they went to college. Let's make sure they wear their jackets and the, let's play the college march. thing is, they... And, and this was like built in and the fans were already doing it was the Wolf Wolf with Rick Steiner. I, I don't Very know. Very popular. Could have had something more canine related with them. I don't know. You you well, got like a the, dog suit? I don't know. You got that, right? Why don't they come out with a dog? Why would they come? The British Bulldogs did that. Well, what would the Steiner's well. dog's name be? Beverly or something? Like, what would be a good name for their dog? Bark Steiner. I don't know. <laughs> Bark. Wolf Steiner. <laughs> yeah, Wolf Steiner. We're very creative here at OVP. Yeah. Anyway, 
their best match in the WWF, I think most people would agree, wasn't even televised. It was oh, it's the, the Coliseum video one, you right? You got it, Quinn. Yeah, with, with, with like Bret Hart or oh, and, and Bret and Owen. Yeah, yeah. Right before so, Royal Rumble. This whole era was bad for them making stars because everything was either at a house show <laughs> or Coliseum home video. It's true. It didn't do the Steiners any favors. I, I always say this as a joke. But, right. it, but it, there's a lot of truth to it that Bret Hart's first reign, he was really the Coliseum Home Video Heavyweight Champion. Yeah, and I don't disagree. You know, yeah. I don't. I, I know you don't mean that as a slight at him so much. No, because the, the matches aren't him. bad. It's right. just like again, nothing ever happens on anything important. And that's kind of the deal with the Steiners. So if you haven't seen this match, folks, one of the places you can find it is on WrestleFest '94. I'm sure the WWF has it out there somewhere on something else. But it might just be under like some playlist or something. It might Do be. they still have that on the cock? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what they have on the cock. But it is pretty notable in that it's an excellent match between those. And unsurprisingly, it's the Steiners and Bretton Owen. I mean, of course, it's going to be good. But also the commentary with Gorilla. Is that Pat Patterson? Yeah. Boy, did he get fat. <laughs> yep. Well, we've got a lot of guys out there. Who is, is that Pat Patterson? It, it certainly looks like Pat. Holy mackerel, did he get fat. Oh, he... Boy, did he let himself go. <laughs> Former Intercontinental Champion. I can't believe it. <laughs> That's actually like my favorite part yeah. of the match. I know that it shouldn't be. I know, is but there it like funny. a whole brouhaha at yeah. the end? Doesn't Chief come out too? He might waddle out. Yeah. I'm not sure. That's always good. Mm, for who? Me. Okay. So we saw them. Uh, the last time on pay per view you see them is Royal Rumble 94. And we just reviewed that available in the archives. And they look uninspired. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't blame them. They're no, like, I don't we either. need to get the hell out of here. Right. Like, you know what I mean? This is a case where I'm not blaming them at all for any of this. And they left, by the way, in April of 94. That was the last time they were no, there. Okay. In the post of this, right? Yeah, the post. Because I think it's interesting. So they leave, but don't they like. I don't remember them come back to WCW for like a year. Like they okay. were not until like 95 or something. 95, they go to ECW for a little bit. As leading Rick and Scott, the Steiner Brothers toward the ring. And then uh, they show up in WCW 96, and they're 96 until early 98 when Scott turns on Rick. is really good again. Yeah, they're good wrestlers, but again, also bad music. That theme's not like, good, I yeah. don't like it. takes too long to get started. When it, when it says Steiner line, I like that. But like, Remember it's Steinerized? But it should be Steiner line, which doesn't make any sense <laughs> to me. sorry. Again, they somehow messed up the music. Steinerized! Yeah. But here's the thing, is yeah. that I love... I, I know, maybe I'm not in the popular opinion here, but I really do like Big Papa Pump. I do. I even... Some people might, probably a lot of people disagree. I didn't even like mind Rick as a singles route. I really didn't. Like 98, 99? He's yeah. fine. He's kind of like just a complete asshole, and I sort of like it. When he's a heel, he is, yeah. yeah. If he's not feuding with Chucky or whatever the hell. Yeah. Or that endless feud with Scott where they never wrestled, really. And you know what the other thing about Rick is, too? What's they that? put him in the right spot where he wasn't like, he wasn't like super high on the roster or anything. Never. So he kind of is like, oh, okay, it's like kind of a reliable hand in like the mid card. Wasn't he also a tag team with Kenny Chaos for a while Probably. or Probably. There were so many weird people that just never made it <laughs> right. out of the, the WCW plant. 99 hell. The power plant. Yeah, the power plant people. So let's talk about the Steiners, though, in WWF, right? So. They did have good matches. We agree. Yes. They were tag team champions. Mm -hmm. What was missing, Quinn? What was the problem? In a land of gimmicks, honestly, they really needed one. They looked like nobodies. And you it was think that's a, what it was? I think it was a tough sell to say that these guys are the tag team champions. I hate to say that to people, but think about it. 
But that's more of an indictment of the WWF's way of marketing and their audience, not of the Steiner brothers. Yeah, but that's just also their environment too, right? And right. usually like the best wrestlers will adapt to whatever territory they're in, you know, or company. I guess, but sometimes people are just miscast, right, and put into the wrong place. And well, maybe the, the problem is, is WWF like tried to make them like I know they give them the college thing, but ultimately they really just treated them the same way they were in WCW, right? They're good yes. wrestlers, right? But That's that their, doesn't cut it in in, in like, WWF gimmickville over in the there. 90s, yeah. No, it really doesn't. Honestly, yeah, you need to have something extra. And that's, again, not an indictment of the Steiners because they are, I like them. I yeah. like the Steiner brothers. Not to mention, they already had a guy on the roster who was like, I'm a good wrestler. It's called Bret Hart. <laughs> I, that, that is his gimmick. You know, me and the Steiners and, and on, we had a good match on the, uh, on the WrestleFest. And you're right, though, Quinn. I mean, that was their main drawing point was we're very good wrestlers, right? Right. But you're right. In WWF during that period of time, look at the other tag teams. Money Inc., those bozos, right? <laughs> Where, yeah, they're also good wrestlers, but look at them, right? Here's the thing is they have, like, legacy. <laughs> yeah. Because like, if you got DBS on the team, he's basically your, like, conduit to, like, oh, remember when WWF was good? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So it's like... Former contender for the world title and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. So it's like you can sell that as, like, oh, makes sense. Obviously, they should be tag team champions, right? And plus IRS is fundamentally sound. <sighs> But look at the other clowns that were around. The Nasty Boys during that period of time. Mm -hmm. The Quebecers. They're good. I know. Those really, guys, see, but, they work. But see, they, they're they great wrestlers, but look at Jacques Rougeau. Yeah. I, look at him. He's amazing. <laughs> like, he just, really is. Like He really needs to be appreciated more. I know. And guys like that, and, and again, this is not to say that Men on a Mission is a better team, because they're not. But men on a mission at least had a gimmick and an attraction. They the, had whoop there it is, right? Which and, is, and the crowds listen as much as that team is like made fun of and, and yeah. all these things and viscera is on it and stuff. Aww. We watch back. They're like over, the minute man. they come out, <laughs> whoop there it is! Like the whole crowd's going nuts. Right. Like the whole place lights up when they come out. Right. I, I can't believe it because I didn't really notice it as a kid. Right. But as an adult now, look at I look out in the crowds and I'm like, wow, a lot of people really like this team. Yeah. You know, but again, it just gimmick. They right. have something. What are they the got a catchphrase. Right. What are the smoking guns? They're cowboys. They stink in 94, but... But what are they? They're cowboys. They're cowboys, something. and they have a gimmick, and they do they turn it into merch. something later. You know, sell foam letterman jackets? You yeah. know what I'm saying? At least they have hats that you can sell. They should just sell a Steiner, like, college funds, and it's just dad <laughs> buys, like, a $5 bill <laughs> for $5. <laughs> I don't know. It's got like Rick's head on the dollar. What about Rick Steiner earmuffs? Yeah. For the winter, for the cold months. Anyway. How do you sell college related that isn't a Letterman jacket? What do you sell? Like books? Natty Ice? Yeah. <laughs> Hangover cures? Like the, like the graduate hats? The STD like test? I don't know. T-squares, yeah, whatever. T-squares. You know what I'm talking about. Fake diplomas. Anyway, yeah. I guess the point we're trying to make here is that while the Steiners were tremendous wrestlers, and I really mean that. I like them outside. I like them in the WWF, but they never really caught on the way you would, I guess, expect. And here's the thing. The thing that really hurt it altogether, in my opinion, is because they were brought in. And I, you know, the minute they come in, you can tell that they were going to push them. And I thought it was just going to be in the same vein of like the Hart Foundation at SummerSlam right. and, and Legion of Doom at SummerSlam. So like big SummerSlam win the Get title. That right? moment, right? Right. But then the Steiners come in and they're kind of like house. They went in on a house show. All that excitement's gone. True. And they're just kind of they never get that moment, and they they never are perceived. That's a good point to me as like the next big tag team, and we kind of just skip over them. You're right. You know, 
And that's not fair. I don't know. I don't know about not fair, but it's unfortunate for them because they're great. Yeah, and they're the tag division. They also, in a weird way, they ended the good run of the tag division. They really were like the final nail in the coffin because they, the tag division was already reeling in '92. Oh yeah, but the Steiners, the way they were introduced, was like, okay, this is gonna like revitalize. Right. It's gonna be like the Hart Foundation days again and yeah. all that stuff. And it just they just weren't a big deal. No, and you know what? I don't blame them. I really don't blame them in, in this case. I just think it was a bad fit, and sometimes things aren't a good fit. Also, they were the victims of timing, because like you said, the tag division was not at its hottest during that period of time. But it Business had wrestlers wasn't. in it. That's it had the thing. wrestlers. If, the, if it was anchored by a, uh, an A++ team with a good gimmick and stuff, it could have worked. I'm thinking it comes down to, like you said, too, they never had their moment. Even Legion of Doom, and, and a lot of people would agree that that's probably the worst stint of their career. Yeah. Right? In terms of but, AWA. But it sold. People were into it. And they had their big SummerSlam 91 moment. Honestly, you know what the biggest mistake the WWF made as far as the tag division was concerned? What is that? Getting rid of the Nasty Boys. They should have kept them as faces and had a redemption arc where they won in 93 the tag belts. <laughs> I would have been fine with Like it. at SummerSlam. Like, like they, they kind of like, it would have been great. <laughs> they were, they still, were so popular. They were still very over in 93. Like, remember that Raw in yes. early 93 and everyone's like, fuck yeah, Nasty yeah. Boys. Like, uh, people were ready to root for that team. Yeah. And they the, were marketable. They could have had the Steiners run in 93 and yes. it would have probably been better only because the Nasties were pre-established and more over. Right. You know, so... No fault of the Steiners here at mm-hmm. all. I just think it was a bad fit. Right. And, and I don't blame them for leaving and wanting to go to Japan and wanting to make money elsewhere. Totally don't blame them because they were never going to get higher than... I mean, they had the tag titles in WWF and they still feel minor. Yeah. They, that's, want- that's really all there is to be said about it. They just were not a big deal. And if there's one thing you don't want, it's for your Steiner to feel minor. Mm. All right. Anyway, folks, thank you. Um, thank you guys to Tony Barker, AJ Freeman... And Don Depinay and Andrew LaSalle for picking this one. And remember, guys, you can suggest something for anywhere but New York. Do that on our Facebook group. And let us know what you think about the Steiners. And was that the best they were going to get? Or what else could have been done? Should they have even gone there? Do that on Twitter. Shoot us an email or join the group. A Quinn, when we come back, it's one of your favorites because it is week two of the Royal Flush. That's right. The worst pay-per-views in WWF history is coming up right after this. I don't think the WWF ever got them. It, you know, it's like that they, they didn't get Vader. Vince didn't get Vader. The the Steiners came over from WCW for all those years having those smash mouth matches with fucking Doom and the Nasty Boys and the Japanese guys they'd bring over and Hanson and Gordy during that period of time. It just they come in and, and they weren't real happy with the you know guys that wanted to just sit around on the house shows or you know they the steiners were not dangerous but they were stiff and you knew that they were there but it it wasn't the same smash mouth in ring style up there and also i believe that they thought because of they're the fucking steiners and look you know they ought to be being used on top instead of just rotating in this mix because i remember in in well, we had the SummerSlam match, and they loved that. The Steiners did because they always they liked working with the Midnight. They liked working with my tag teams. We knew how to do their shit, and then as a result, they would do our shit. And the match tore the house down. And now, back to your romp through the world of retro wrestling. O-V-P. 
And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast. Thanks for being with us here. Episode 244, Monday, October the 25th, 2021. Quinn just got back from college. Yep. Say hi to Rick and Scott. I, I graduated all in that break. Oh, that's good. I'm four years of college somehow. I'm very happy for Crammed you, Crammed in 30 seconds. No Frankensteiners by my good lamps. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, folks, we wanted to remind you and your good lamps about our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Again, we don't do this to try to make a ton of money. We certainly don't want you to ever feel ripped off. The reason we do it is to give back to the people that want to support us for doing the show. If you like the show, you listen every week and you want more content, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Here's what you're going to get for $2 a month. That's it. You're going to get the 1984 Canon. And what that is, is we have been watching every single episode of WWF Championship Wrestling since January of 1982. <laughs> really is incredible. It really is. Point. We're still doing this. Yeah. Right now, we're in April of 84. And this comes out every week. It's one hour, every single Friday, in video or audio form. Quinn, what are the people getting when they watch the canon? Well, you get to hang out with us and uh, shoot the shit about the 1984 canon and various other um, yeah. things that might have nothing to do with that. Yeah, because, you know, if you've ever watched wrestling with a friend, you might talk while you're uh-huh. watching it. Yeah. You might talk about other things. I mean, that's what that's what those old TV shows are great for. Yeah. Is like something reminds you or you see a commercial or something. Yep. If we have commercials, yep. which we're starting to get more of them. Have you noticed this yes, on I canon? Have, and I'm happy about yeah. it. Yeah. But anyway... It, it's a great time. All sorts of stuff comes up, and it's just fun. Right. So, so join us. Yeah, don't let the 1982, 384 thing that doesn't deter matter. you. That doesn't matter. Right. You, you can have fun with it. Right. If you, like, Mr. Fuji's a big fan yeah. favorite over on, on the 84 canon. Right. There's all different people on this canon. And if you're an OVP fan and you like us already listening to this show, don't worry about the time period we're talking about. You're going to like the show. Mm-hmm. If you don't like us, then you can turn it off. It's okay. And that's just $2 a month. Now, the $5 tier, that's all we're asking is a small donation of 5 bucks a month to not only get the Canon, but you're also going to get those monthly pay-per-view reviews that we talked about earlier. We've gone all the way back to the first WrestleMania. We've even included the big event and WrestleFest 88 into this, right? Every single month, a new review comes out, and this is a full-length, comprehensive breakdown of every WWF pay-per-view out right now, Royal Rumble 94, and coming up very soon for November is WrestleMania 10. These are what, three, three and a half hours? These are, these are big, yeah. big boy podcasts. These are like, like you said, some of them go to four hours. Yeah, they do. But here's the thing. For $5, you get all of them. Yeah. Ever. And, and that's a lot of pay-per-views. It's a lot of content. Yep. It, it, it's it's really is going to last you the month. Basically. It's going to last you the month. And the cannons. Right. You get with that too. Yeah, you get, you get all the stuff. Yeah. A lot of content. So really, this isn't a hard sell or anything. We're just saying, if you like OVP and you want to hear what this is all about, because we do talk about it every week, give it a shot. See what you think, even just for one month. And if you don't like it, just cancel. We won't be offended. People do cancel. It's true. And we're not upset about it. It's okay. Yeah, it really is. So patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Michael? Yes? It is now time for one of your favorite segments that we've ever done, the Royal Flush. Royal Flush. It's all the shitty stuff. Royal Flush, the shitty stuff. Now, what is the Royal Rankings of the Royal Flush? Well, each season before the season starts, we ask you, the fans, to give us a list of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something. And for this season, it was WWF pay-per-views. Any pay-per-view that WWF has ever done was eligible here. Amazing. We asked you to vote, right, on Facebook. And then when the voting was complete, we took those votes and tallied them up, put them into two separate tanks, one for the best, one for the worst. 
And each week we pull two names out of the time and we rank them. We alternate between the best and worst. By the end of the season, what you are going to have is the definitive baptized, ordained, certified, non-GMO, USA certified, organic, and healthy worst WWF pay-per-views of all time. Now, coincidence, it's only week number two mm-hmm. of the flush here. There's only two names on the board. Let's run those down. At number one, and I have no regrets about this so far. Me either. Which is surprising on face value, though. Face, yes. King of the Ring, 1995. What a piece of shit. It really is. Horrible show. Although, Savio Vega, that great wrestler that's better than IRS. Razor Ramon told me he was going to (laughs) win. Yeah, what is that? Everyone thinks I think Savio Vega is better than Hammer Time. That's not true. I know. He's better than IRS, though. (laughs) Anybody's better than IRS. Different story for another time. And number two, featuring lots of IRS... (laughs) <laughs> WrestleMania 9. Oh, boy. So, most people would agree those are bad pay-per-views. And, Quinn, we are not just going by with most people agree, right? Right. We are using science here. It's true. And it's a very accurate, time-tested... Absolutely. ...beakers and stuff. It's Ex- all there. Experiments. Because, folks, when you think of the WWE of pay-per-views, especially the 80s and 90s and before the network... Before you could just get them on a monthly subscription. This was a big deal before that. You had to spend a lot of money. Yeah. Spend a lot of money. It's true. Right? Sometimes 30 bucks, 40, 60 yeah. in later that, years, that right? That happened. And if that pay-per-view doesn't deliver, if that pay-per-view stinks in quality, if nothing important happens, you might feel a little pissed off about that, right? It might. I, go, I wouldn't blame them. All right. It might go into your list as one of the worst, right? And people have voted, and we're here to rank them. So without any further ado, Quinn... I think we go down to Howard Finkel for the Royal Flush. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal! The loser of this match, kissing the other one's foot? Nassau Coliseum, April 86. Rosemont Horizon in Chicago, Illinois, it's the WWF Wrestling Classic. Welcome to WrestleMania 4! Sunday, April 4th, from Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. And now, WrestleMania 11. The Royal Flush. Ugh, WrestleMania 11. Woo! Week number two here. As the toilets are flowing. Oh, hey. I can't wait to pull two more names going out of this tank and, and see where they rank. Somebody turn the toilets off because I can't think over that. It's a rank smell. How much could we here? Thanks. Okay. So anyway, we've talked about the two that are on the board. King of the Ring 95 and WrestleMania 9. Mm-hmm. Two more names will be coming out. Mm-hmm. A bad pay-per-view is a bad pay-per-view. <laughs> and we're going to find out what you guys voted. Without any further ado, let's go down to the fans and find out which pay-per-view drew number three. Why have a Merry Christmas? When you can have a no-holds-barred Christmas. <laughs> well, speaking of Dookie. <laughs> dookie. No-holds-barred <laughs> the match the movie. Hey, it was eligible. This is interesting to me because I didn't think this would be voted in just because either. it's like does it even count I guess it does it's the movie on pay-per-view 
blackballed by an extra match, basically from Coliseum Video. Pretty much, uh, but it very, it very much is a Coliseum Video thing. Oh yeah, it's at a taping and that yeah. type of deal, and it was on Super Tape. They just ended released. up putting it on Coliseum yes. Video anyway. But let's run down one of this. So, No Holds Barred, the match, the movie was December twenty seventh, nineteen eighty nine. But what was No Holds Barred, Jack? Right. So this pay per view was the WWF trying to make some money on their movie that they had uh, released with Hulk Hogan earlier in the year. That Vincent Hogan wrote on cocaine in like a, a day or something oh, in allegedly. a hotel room. Yeah. Are you trying to tell me my money's not good enough for you? Oh my God, I won't be around when this check <laughs> And that was released earlier that summer in 1989. Now, if you've ever seen No Holds Barred, which I have. It's a masterpiece. It is fucking awesome and not in a good way, but it's oh, awesome. Oh yeah, it's pitiful. It's bad, but it's it's fine, if that it's makes ex- any it's sense. It's exactly what you would expect a Hulk Hogan's first movie made by the World Wrestling <laughs> Federation to be. Yeah, the Shane Production Company or whatever it's called. <laughs> of course it's called that. <laughs> Mr. Brell says it's party time. Mr. Brell says it's party time. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, No Holds Barred, which again was released in June of 1989, uh, stars Hulk Hogan as Rip Thomas. Now, you Why couldn't they just call him Hulk Hogan? Rip Thomas, you might not believe this, Quinn. You know what he was? He was a wrestler. Yeah, whoa. <laughs> Big departure from his, his usual <laughs> shit, huh? <laughs> but instead of uh, wearing yellow and red, he wears blue. He's basically Hulk Hogan in space wrestling or whatever that place is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the Shane uh, distribution company released this movie with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Sorry, it just cracked me I up. just think it's Shane. Just, that's my son. We're going <laughs> to name it that. My semen. That's like what you name your like local town store or something when you don't have a name. It's just like, yeah, just name it my kids' names or something. It's true. They, they won't know it's my kids, so who cares? It's, this is absolutely true. My dad worked for someone who had two kids, Danielle and Robert, and he named Let his me guess the store was called Danielle and Robert's store. It was called Dan Rob. There you go. <laughs> the, anyway. So Rob, generic. I know. The best part of, well, no, there's a lot of best parts in No Holds Barred. Mm-hmm. But basically, he's a wrestler. He's very successful. It's Hulk Hogan with a different name and different clothes. Except now there's crime involved in big corporations and shit. I'm pretty sure there's crime in the WWF as well, Quinn. Yeah, but that's not part of the storyline in WWF, you say. Other than big boss man related stuff. (laughs) And he's not a cop. Yeah. He's there for after the crime has already happened. But he is? I'm not sure. (laughs) He also arrests people. Anyway, the best part is uh, Hulk Hogan defeating Axe, but it's not Axe. What's his name? Jake Bullet. I feel like they got away with that just because he wasn't wearing the face right. paint and he, and he wasn't wearing a mask. Yeah. So they were like, nobody will ever recognize him. I didn't for years, to be fair. I hadn't seen the movie enough to the point where like, I think I probably knew that that was Axe the first time I saw it because it was later. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Also, another highlight of this movie, we're not going to recap the entire plot, is durable character actor Kurt Fuller. He's good. Who you also may know. <laughs> well, probably from a lot of different things, but that I first saw saw, and I always associate with Wayne's World right, as Russell. That, that's what that's exactly. Yeah. The the, the production guy, right. assistant guy. I guess he would be a production assistant technically. He is to Rob Lowe. Yeah. And he's been in a lot of other stuff. He's in anger management. He's in Ray, the Ray Charles movie. He's in a lot of different things. But Very I, versatile. 
Yeah, very. Ghostbusters 2. Um, <laughs> what but, is he doing that? I don't even remember. I don't remember. He's in a running man, though. He's in a lot of stuff. Well, he's always in... He's the kind of guy that's like, oh, I know him, but you don't really know his name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? And he puts his all into everything he does. That's right. why I really like Kurt Fuller. He's Mr. Brell, and he is the head of, I don't know, the fucking network that like wants... Tyrell Corp or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That wants that's to- from Blade Runner, but still. It, sound, it sounds like it could work. <laughs> The network that wants to be better than the world or whatever. You know how things are. World network. Yeah. Isn't the network called that? It's like something lame like, like World that. Wrestling Network or something. Yeah, it's or so bad. World Sports Network. I don't know. But it also has some cameo. <laughs> <laughs> it also has some cameos by uh, Stan Hansen. Yeah. The Teeny Wangers. Yeah, or- <laughs> I don't know why. Well, if it ain't the Teeny Wangers. <laughs> First of all, Stan Hansen didn't even work there. I, I don't know. know. Like, why did they get him? <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's such a weird movie, Teeny Wangers. The Teeny Wangers. <laughs> and uh, Jeep Swenson, who you might know from WCW as the ultimate solution at Starcade 96. Not Sweet Hansen. No. Jeep Swenson. Jeep Swenson, not Sweet Hansen. <laughs> it's an alternate dimension, Sweet Hansen. <laughs> There's also like Joey Morella's the referee, you know, Howard Finkel, <laughs> Mean Gene, and Jesse Ventura. Of course, because it's a movie. Well, Jesse knows things about movies. Of course. But Gene does the commentary. <laughs> oh, and a body slam. Oh, by Rip or whatever. Well, you know just, what I mean? Uh, just go watch 84 Cannon for more of that. <laughs> oh! 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 Anyway. And then, of course, you gotta have the drama, Quinn. Right. And the drama here in the, the tra- tragedy is that. You know, Rip's brother, conveniently named Randy, is like <laughs> a little fuck, and yeah. he gets beat up. I'm yeah, sorry. Does he, does he get killed? I don't remember. No, no, he I doesn't thought it's get like killed. that kind of thing. It's a family movie, Quinn. Yeah. And not only that, you have Joan Severance as Hulk Hogan's love. So if you ever wanted to see Hulk Hogan in a love scene that had nothing to do with Bubba the Love Sponge, you can watch No Holds Barred. I never wanted to see it, and ever. it was unfortunate to watch. Very poor. Uh, and then, of course, the other big highlight such a big deal that he crossed into the WWF would be you may know him better as Debo possibly I thought you had $200 I do but I want to spend Red's money or the president in the fifth element because it is evil absolute evil one more reason to shoot first we are of course talking about Tiny Lister as Zeus. Yes, Zeus. Now, that's the best part of the movie is Zeus. 100% <laughs> right? Tiny Lister. He's so like, good. What a gem. I love him. He's I'm really serious. Good. I'm, not yeah. even, I'm not even being funny is the thing. Like, I actually like him. He's such a good, like, monster character in whatever he's in. Yes. And this is the perfect role for him. Yeah, because he's a big guy, right? And he's very imposing. And his whole character is that he's near impervious to pain. He's basically the Undertaker before there was the Undertaker. True. And Hulk Hogan fights him in space or whatever. And so, yeah. Why did I say space? So Fake UFC? What in, is it? In the uh, Penny Ultimate fight or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, Penny Ultimate. Yeah, whatever it is at the very end. Yeah, not they're that. In like, they're in like this room. It looks like they're in a spaceship or something. Spaceship and banquet room or something. But all the like fancy rich people are there. Yeah. Because, you know, obviously big evil corporate network, only the rich people can go to the fights. That's obviously, correct, yes. right? Wrestling, a sport for beer <laughs> and stuff. For beer and stuff, yeah. yeah. It is now converted to like Vegas or something. Right. But anyway, um, they fight in this strange looking room. Is the ring six sides like it's TNA? Yeah, I think it's six sides. I can, or is it four sided but weird? No, it's six, right? There might be some octagon-ness going on. Hexagon, at least. Anyway. Geometry um, aside. Geometry aside, it is a strange ending scene. I don't know. Overall, the whole movie is just... 
bad. But so bad that so it's bad good. So bad it's good. And really, I think what people mostly remember it for is Dookie, which yeah. is like a scene where like Hulk like jumps out the ceiling of a car. He like breaks through a limo. Yeah. Like with his body. There's an evil limo driver. Yeah. And then he chokes the guy out or grabs him and yeah. the guy is peeing his pants. Shitting. He was shitting his pants. That's what Dookie is. And he says Dookie. What's that smell? <laughs> Dookie. <laughs> and that's the highlight of the movie. Uh-huh. Now, okay, with that out of the way, Zeus had been feuding with Hulk Hogan WWF version since May of 89, right? They had like Arsenio Hall together and shit. I don't know about together. I think I know, there was a lot of people on Arsenio during yeah. that period of time, so I can't remember. Mr. Zeus. <laughs> My brother. But I do know that Hulk Hogan and Zeus were feuding. Uh, Zeus first showed up during Hulk Hogan's match against Bossman on the uh, May 89 side, and that's main event. Zeus gives a bunch of uh, live event interviews. He says Hulk Hogan and Beefcake Barber a real lot. Beefcake Barber! And also, throughout all of this, um, Macho Man Randy Savage is feuding with the Hulkster, too. Uh, yeah, he still hates him. Still pissed about losing his belt at WrestleMania 5. <laughs> still? Um, oh, fuck Hulk Hogan. <laughs> so he's pissed, and he's now employed the help of Sensational Sherry, because Miss Elizabeth, she kind of betrayed him at that thing. Oh, f- yeah. No, so Sensational Sherry now, though, is in her witch phase, where she, she now yeah. has, like, magic and a uh-huh. cauldron and stuff. No, it's real. And so Macho Man looks to her... Um, in the in the witch room, right, the Wiccan area, yeah, that, so that she can um, tell him what's going to happen. The Cauldron of Madness, right, which is also a fortune teller cauldron. I don't know what Sometimes. it is. Either way, Zeus and Macho Man stare into the cauldron, and Sherry moves her arms a lot, and she tells them that they're going to win, basically. But they don't see it. Unfortunately, at SummerSlam '89, uh, Hogan and Beefcake Barber do defeat Zeus yep. and Randy Savage, and Hulk Hogan does an atomic drop to Sensational Sherry, of a lady. Course. It's very not okay. And the beefcake cuts her fake hair. <laughs> the very nice. obvious, like, yeah. why is Sherry's hair way longer <laughs> yeah. than usual? Like, and it's floppy like floppy ponytail. It's like this gigantic ponytail. Yeah. Like, but I will say this: I actually don't mind that as a main event at SummerSlam '89. I don't mind it there I either. I really don't. Now, what's odd? Yes, is this. So they say. Now the movie has come out. It's done in the theaters, right? Yeah. We're going to put it on pay-per-view. So Girl can, and Bobby saw it. Right. So yeah, on primetime. I uh, could uh, maybe tell me where the men's room is. Oh, right through here. Yeah. Keep oh, going straight. Right, right through, through here. Right. Make a left and you'll be right there. I don't know what he's doing. He's going to go write his number on the wall. So now you're going to have to pay again. Yeah, probably like five bucks. But so that you pay, we're going to say, listen, you're going to oh, get one extra thing with this shit, right? Right. You're going to get... Basically the same match from SummerSlam. But in a cage? Queen. Right, in a cage. Oh, okay. So now Hogan and Beefcake can win in a cage instead. Right, because Hulk Hogan is definitely not going to lose, so what the fuck is the point of this? Right. So this match was taped on December 12th, 89. Yeah, doesn't Zeus have the uh, Power Rangers shield at this one? I think he does. Yeah. And this was actually Zeus's last WWF match, sadly. you know, Last payoff. Last payoff here. It aired again on December 27th. And really, all this pay-per-view is, which is very funny, is they show the fucking movie. Right. And then they play this one match. They pretend it's live. They do. It's yeah. a whole special. Yeah. With Mean Gene and... Let's get back to matters at hand. It appears that construction has been completed of the cage. Let's go down to ringside. One of the notable things about this 
is Vince and Jesse are all bitchy about cable companies that were threatening to not carry Royal Rumble or some like weird deal with I, cable things. I can't believe cable companies carried this. <laughs> like to be honest with you, it's just really a weird. It's a weird proposition, right? Well, I it's know. Like, can we bundle the movie? With a match and and market it like it's a regular WF pay per view, <laughs> like it's it's odd. And How then, many people even bought this? You know, that's a great question. I don't know. I don't know if that data is available. Here's what's interesting about this one. This is one of those pay per views that like nobody ever talks about. That because which, it's barely anything. Quinn. Which makes me wonder: Did it, it, the buy rate must have been low, right? I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to find out. Maybe it's just so low that they just didn't even record it anywhere. It's. <laughs> It's like 12 people got it or something. They're like, this is embarrassing. And like Vince gave the $60 from the 12 people to everyone. He's like, go buy a Nintendo game or something. I don't know. Like, like Fink or something. You know what I mean? Like something like that. Well, one way or another, I'll tell you this much. Vince and Jussie the whole time are just all complaining. Like, Jussie, can you believe the viewer's choice or whatever the fuck they're bitching about? It's very odd. I've got to point this out. I would be remiss in not telling these folks and telling you that there is a distinct possibility that many cable systems across the country are going to be denying those good folks out there from seeing you in the Royal Rumble. And then they released it on Super Tape 90 in case you really needed to see the match. Not the 90th Super Tape, just... <laughs> 1990, just in case anybody was wondering. <laughs> this is possible. There was like 8,000 Coliseum videos back then. This is correct. In case you really needed to see the match without mm-hmm. seeing the movie. Right. You know, you can watch Super Tape. But anyway, with that said, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see where it ranks. It's a but weird one. I, I don't, don't have a problem with it. Yeah, like on one hand, I feel like it's not going to rank too high on this list because it it's inoffensive. It's Right. It's essentially ordering a movie on pay-per-view with like a bonus thing that's like 15 minutes. Yeah, it's like a 15-minute match. Extra right. features. Yeah. And a spoiler, yes, Hogan and Beefcake do win. I know... They were- weren't going to lose on a thing people ordered to watch Hulk do stuff. Right. Like <laughs> They weren't going to lose because Hulk Hogan was yeah. in it anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's really it. I mean, I, I actually happen to not mind the movie. I wouldn't call it good. It's not good. No. But I don't hate it or anything, and the match is whatever. Guess, see, here, there is a little bit of value here, oddly, because if you were a fan and maybe you didn't catch it in the movie theaters this was kind of it wasn't out on vhs tape and by the way the vhs tape would probably cost fucking 80 dollars back then yeah honestly because it, of the way the pricing structure this used is to kinda, be we are weirdly probably a deal like if you wanted yeah. to well i guess because you could tape it at home or something you, so you, you would own it not allowed to though you shouldn't be doing that yeah unauthorized even though you could literally just stick your vhs tape and, and record there was no like technology to stop you no there was no macro vision on the yeah. fucking pay-per-view thing but anyway all right we'll have to see where this ranks but if you're ready quinn i, I am too yeah let's find out who drew number four Beware of dog. Woof, woof. Woof, here, woof. We're here, baby. This okay. pay-per-view is notorious. It is, and for one specific reason. So, all right, folks. In your house eight, mm-hmm. beware of dog. Right. Uh, this is May 26th and May 28th, 1996. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm assuming, Quim, we'll cut to the chase here, that the reason this was voted in, I can only imagine, right, is because it was the pay-per-view where two matches in or one match in whatever it was, the lights went out, the power went out. Middle Savi over Stone Cold. Yep. Right. During the entrance and then didn't resume until the main event. So they had to use the replay slot two nights later to redo 
the rest of the matches? Or is now, it just because it's mid-96 and it stinks anyway? It's a little bit of both. <laughs> so here's what I want to say. Okay, go ahead. First of all, this is like very much not their fault, right? The power literally went out in the area. Absolutely. Like they were just screwed, right? There was a and, storm down there in, in uh, Florence, yeah, South Carolina. It's a live show. This shit can happen, right? It's very so rare. I want to take this first. This is not their fault. No, this happened. Like, not at all. Because a lot of people like, oh, WWF, they stink or they whatever. They were so bad that the shouldn't power they went out. Ba- shouldn't yeah. they have had backup generators or whatever? Right. When has this ever fucking happened Correct. ever? During a pay-per-view especially, yeah. 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 I don't blame them. It's a freak thing, right? Yeah. But this is not exactly the best period of time for them. No, it's also a terrible period of time. It's very, Who's the world champion? Uh, Shawn Michaels. Okay, just checking. <laughs> I mean, 1996, 1995, I mean, we're, we are in the downturn. <laughs> I know. Let's be I'm, honest here. I'm kidding, Quinn. I know that. Bret Hart also had the title during this period of time. Only to drop it to Sean. But still. Only to drop it to Sean. I'm just pointing it out. Anyway, he could have not had it. It still would have been just as bad. But mm-hmm. anywho, this is not a good period of time because Hall and Nash are on their way to WCW. Right. Hulk Hogan is at WCW with Randy Savage and Hogan's about to turn heel and very soon after. Angle yeah. ever. And WCW had already been picking up steam really since Nitro started right. in September. So let's run down the card here. So May of 96, just to set the stage, we are post-WrestleMania 12. Mm-hmm. We have already had another pay-per-view since then. It was April's Good Friends, Better Enemies. And I'm going to throw a compliment towards your guy there, Shawn Michaels. Is this the one with the leg? Yeah, they had an excellent leg match. I always, no. I always ask this. Yes, this is where Shawn and Diesel had an awesome pay-per-view What brawl. a great match. Yes, it is. I totally and agree. It made total sense. I kind of loved it because Diesel had turned heel independently of Shawn Michaels like months before. Well, yes and no, because remember he was a tweener and then he turned on Shawn right before right. WrestleMania. What I mean to say, though, is... He'd already I mean, been he, a dick. Yeah, he'd already been a dick because he, he fought The Undertaker at WrestleMania and shit. It was know? a heel by then, though. Yeah. Remember, he turned on Shawn right before WrestleMania. Oh, did he? At MSG. I don't remember it that way. That's because it was only a handheld. <laughs> Wait, what? WWF's handheld, yeah. Watch this act of cowardice. Michaels turns his back. So anyway, they have a great match, which has um, Mad Dog with Sean's leg involved. It's amazing. Which we've always talked about. But also, you know, it has um, Razor Ramon in his final WWF appearance, pay-per-view appearance, right. uh, losing to Vader. So they have some good stars. Like, Sean is well into his run as a great wrestler by 96, and I, do, I don't want to take that away from him. Yeah, the matches were good. It yes. was I just didn't like that they made him Mr. Smiles and flowers yes. from the fans. And the click. They took all the, like, bite out of him. Yeah, was, he had no was, bite. It was weird at, at the Beware of Dog pay-per-view. Yeah, I, especially not to have any bite. If your dog doesn't have any bite, what's yeah. the point? I don't know. You want to all bark. You don't want that. Be a tree. But anyway, what happened here? I don't know. Uh, so in the free-for-all, the Smoking Guns <laughs> defeated the Godwins. Again, tag division 96. Not the greatest, <laughs> although I like both teams. I do like both teams, but also I've always said I like the Godwins when they turn heel. So do I, and they're not heel here. This is actually the interesting... I guess this is actually fun, but free-for-all doesn't count, right? Right. But I mean, we can mention it, right? This is when the when the Godwins had Sonny briefly because I love uh, this Joe. I have gone on the record and said how much I love what this angle produced. Well, yeah, it produced one of the final really great um, superstars moments with the Sonny getting slapped thing. Yeah, it is such a good comeuppance for like Sonny trying to hop from team to team, and she finally gets screwed. Like, stuck where she can't get out. Mm, 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 mm. 
she gets slopped. Oh, come on! The impetus yeah. here is that the goblins had defeated the um, body Donnas, so Sunny was like, oh, I'm a cowgirl now. Right. And then she, so she's with the Godwins for this match, or farm girl, I guess I yeah, should say, farm right? girl. Farm yeah. girl. And then the smoking guns who are kind of tweening right here, they're not, they're still face, I think, right. but they kind of turn heel after this. They defeat the Godwins in the free-for-all, so then Sunny becomes a cowgirl right. with the smoking Which guns. Which is like the same attire. Yeah, almost. Yeah. Hey, what in the world? Look at this! What is the deal? Oh, Phineas can't believe it! Phineas! Phineas just saw his best girl! Wait a minute! Just kiss back! A cover! A count! Victory! And I love Sonny with the guns, for the record. Yeah, it's very good. And I know Billy Gunn Fact probably does as well. It's the thing that made me notice Billy Gunn because his hair got better and he didn't look like a fucking 40-year-old yeah, man. because he had already shaved the mustache like, and the nice oh, hair. oh, this guy's younger than <laughs> right. I thought. I'm not kidding. As a kid, I, I, I did not know that he didn't look like older than my dad. Like, I really had no idea. I was very flummoxed by the shaving of the mustache. He looks so much younger. And then yeah. when Bart did it also. Yeah, it, it was, was so like, good. Holy shit, who are these young guys? Yeah. Anyway, there was another dark match here. Bob Holly, yes, he's still there being the spark plug. He defeated Isaac Yankum. Isaac Yankum's still there. I can't believe. I can't believe he's fighting Bob Holly in a dark match. Losing to him. Now, is this a dark match or not? Because so, there's no time yes. on this. That was completely what? dark. Wasn't televised or anything like that. Okay, Not even on the free for all. Wasn't intended to be televised. Is what Correct. I mean. Okay. Yeah. And then, in the opener, Mark Merrow, mm-hmm. who's this is the good period for him. He's new. Excellent. And he, yep. yep. He has Sable with him, and he defeats Triple H in the opener. Fine. Yep. Up and coming opener. Yep. Decent match. It's not great, but it's okay. This feud was fucking endless, though. I know. Months, yeah. months, and months. Now. Savio Vega, who obviously, if you ask Quinn, is better than every wrestler ever. Only better than IRS. That's it? Mm. There's probably more. There's but, probably more, but definitely IRS. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe Bob Bradley he's better than. I don't know if he is. Mm, we'll see. Anyway, he was feuding with Stone Cold. If you recall WrestleMania 12, and it had this little feud going on. Right. A good feud between Steve Austin and Savio. Excellent feud. <laughs> I can Honestly, it's surprising because Stone Cold is with... Ted DiBiase still. Like, one of his... The worst time period of his in his entire career. Why is he still there? I don't know. I don't know why he's still with him. Um, This goes on and on and on. Is he the ringmaster Steve Austin still at this point? He was stone cold. During this Savio feud is when things started to change, if I recall. Right right? before WrestleMania. Right. It became stone cold, yeah. So, they have a Caribbean strap match here. However, as Savio is entering the ring... The power goes out. Which sucks, because Savia's music is great. It is good. Yeah. I'll give you that. Here we go! Here comes Savia Vega! So they come back. Floodlights, very low power. <laughs> We're feeding you with auxiliary power through our satellite unit. We regret for this... Uh, in position. We stated earlier that they were all kind of electrical storms on the outside. Unfortunately, powers of the building has been completely blown. All legit. It's not like they're making no, this up, and, like and you said earlier. What I commend them for is they tried their damnedest to get this show going. Yes. That's the one thing that WWF, love them or hate them, you know, one thing they say to this day is that they refuse to not give fans what they paid for. Ever since Vince, the Vince era started, most promoters would just pack up and just be like, get the fuck out. Like, there's no power. We're done here. (laughs) Yeah, right. Right? But Vince is like, if we have to do this in the dark with a floodlight, not on TV, 
we'll redo the whole thing tomorrow yep. at our own expense. They don't care. Like, that's the way they work. That's pretty much what they did. So, yeah. the next four matches, I'll run them down briefly. These did not air on pay-per-view. You can find some pictures in one of the Raw magazines from 96. They do have dark pictures of these literal dark matches. <laughs> it's, it's one of the only times in the history of wrestling that there's actual real dark matches. Right. So, Savio did defeat Steve Austin in that Caribbean Strat match. Yokozuna defeated Vader in about three minutes, and this was another big feud. Right. Yoko Vader. Big man versus big man. Yep. Goldust defeated The Undertaker in okay. a casket match when every heel came out and helped Goldust. He was the Intercontinental what Champion. What is this, 1994? Yeah, it's the same thing. <laughs> it was like an improvised finish. I'm, I'm surprised Jeff Jarrett didn't rear his ugly head from WCW to help. <laughs> like... He might have only been in Memphis at that time, yeah. actually. I think it was in between. Oh, was he just kicked out at this because he sucks? He was gone during this period yeah. of time. And then uh, Jake Roberts, in 30 seconds, defeated Justin Hawk Bradshaw. With Uncle Zeb. He had Zeb. That's Zeb right. was important. So the power came back on in time. Good. For the main event, which was Shawn Michaels, the world champion, John, defeating the British Bulldog. I like that, by the way, Owen Hart is like lingering ringside for this. Of course he is. Just because. Now, is this the feud where Diana's like, he kissed me or something? You know, I don't he was know. Trying to, he was trying to make uh, sexual advances yeah. towards me. Yeah, that, that whole, thing. whole thing. I like Brett and I like Davey. <laughs> what a weird angle. It's a horrible uh, yeah, angle. Yeah, it's, it's bizarre. It stinks. Yeah. And of course, Sean is just like, ooh, ooh don't flatter yourself. Yeah. yeah. And Jose Lothario has to be with him during all of it. <laughs> it's still going on, Joe. John. It never ends. This, honestly. This old Jose, little tortoise next to him. <laughs> Jose Lothario is like fucking Master Roshi or it's something. So and he, he is poor. John. And honestly, I hate to say this, but he's one of those single worst aspects of Shawn Michaels' first title yes! run. Yes. Like, he actually brings it down. I, I don't even know how that's possible. He makes him look lame as hell. Yeah. Cause I'm Sean, gonna defend this old man you know, all the time. Because Sean, at almost every pay-per-view match he has is good yeah. in 96. I can't fault it's him true. for that. But anytime they start messing with Jose, it's like a whole thing. <laughs> Remember when Sid pushed him yeah, or something? Funny. Yeah. Both officials have counted both athletes' shoulders to the mat for the count of three. And after further consultation... World Wrestling Federation President Gorilla Monsoon has declared this bout a draw. And uh, it leads to a rematch at King of the Ring. Yay. Lucky us. But anyway, there were two more dark matches just for shits while we're here. Okay, I have to commend them. That's really nice of them. I wonder if these were actually scheduled or not. I don't know. But it's Ahmed, I hope not, defeating Jerry Lawler. Who wants to see that? <laughs> King getting out of commentary. Yeah. And then this one, actually, pretty interesting matchup on paper for the yeah. period of time. Ultimate Warrior Tony Legday defeated Owen Hart. Interesting. So, but we know the Ultimate Warrior is definitely not showing up for night two. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> so sorry, anyway. it's just, you know how he is. Absolutely. Especially during this time period. Yes. So we have a few matches though that we need to redo, right? So the next night, excuse me, two nights later, the WWF used their replay slot that they would normally be re-showing. Viewer's Choice, yeah. Encore, whatever. We get three new matches here. Now, these matches have different commentary. Right. It's very Coliseum video style. <laughs> it's it's my one of my least favorite teams. Uh-huh. And probably yours too, Quinn. Yes. This is In Your House. First of all, that stinks, that team. That is very superstars. Second of all, look who the ring announcer is. 
Till Dawn. That's amazing. Wait, that he's can, there? What? I didn't even know he was still in WWF <laughs> at this point in time. Did they like, was this like a situation where they just had to? Because like Fink probably, I don't know, like had to go to like a dentist appointment that day. I don't know. Like he wasn't planning to be there. And new incisor filling. Uh, yeah, anyway. it's something like that. And like Fink couldn't be there. And they say, hey, Bill, we got like a one night gig for you. And he's like, okay. You know, like. <laughs> This March is scheduled for one fall. We're talking about a lot of Bill Dunn uh, next month at WrestleMania 10, he's, by the way. He's a national treasure. Honestly, <laughs> I love him. You're right. Now, anyway, so after Raw, which was Monday, obviously, at that Raw, Steve Austin said, uh, you know what, I'm going to, if I lose, uh, Ted DiBiase has to leave or Good. whatever. <laughs> I would lose on purpose if I was Stone Cold. If Stone Cold Steve Austin doesn't beat you tomorrow night, Savio Vega, the million dollar man... Ted DiBiase will forfeit his career. I will leave the World Wrestling Federation. Yeah? Good. So the first match of Beware of Dog 2. First of all, Quinn, the nomenclature here. The 2 is very confusing. Why is that? Here's the thing. Yeah. What if they were going to do Beware of Dog the next year? Which they like to do, Which by the dog, way. though? I don't know. A dog. Because this year it was Bulldog. We'll figure your dog out later. That's a, it's a year <laughs> from now, right? I don't know. Bring back Mad Dog Vashon. Beware of dog. <laughs> well, his leg He's was getting, getting revenge. <laughs> you know, for his leg, right? Anyway, the thing is, it's like you call it Beware of Dog too. This sounds like it's a year later. I'm not gonna lie. Immediately, right, okay. I'm saying, oh, this is the next year's Beware of right. Dog event, right? So you think maybe they should have done Beware of Dogs, like aliens? Beware of Dogs. That was good. That was a good suggestion by you, also, or just Beware of Dog Night Two. Like just Night something, two. something to, to say. This is part of the other one, right? Okay. Or just part two. Part two. Yeah, that would work too. Any anything like that. Fatu. Exactly. Sa- Even Fatu would work. <laughs> Savio Vega defeated Austin in the strap match again. Uh, same finish by so the ne- way. But now Teddy Biasa is gone, so that's a Shit. great upgrade. Yeah, it, it huge is. upgrade. And Austin would then go on to say that he lost on purpose. Yeah. I don't blame him. The I would have lost on yeah. purpose. Oh, by the way, for the Stone Cold <laughs> character. That is exactly the Stone Cold character. It is, like, though. He, he would just screw someone over like that. Yep. Uh, I know I'm the best son. I'll just lose this match because I don't like this guy. Like, but still wrestle the match so he can beat yeah. the shit out of Savio also yeah, while exactly. he's doing it, right? He was just like, you know what he should have done? He should have lied down, <laughs> take the pin, kick Teddy Biasa's ass, and then pull Savio back in and beat then the beat him up him. too. Yeah. And then leave. <laughs> like, it's like, just what, so, what a piece of shit. Like, <laughs> Uh, in match number two, Vader defeated Yoko this time, which I'm Aww. sure was the original now, finish. This has nothing to do with a forklift or anything like that. <laughs> Just checking. No, that was a little bit, it was a different time. Yeah. And then uh, the the quote-unquote main event of this one was that redone casket match, Goldust versus Undertaker. Goldust won, but see, this time, the, the finish at the dark version was improvised. Right. They had every heel run out, and that was so they could do the real finish on mm. night two, which was Mankind was in the casket the whole time. Oh. He pops out, he attacks the Undertaker, Goldust wins. And that other endless feud with the Undertaker. Yeah, but that one's actually good. It's true. So that'll do it for uh, both Beware of Dogs. The dogs. The dogs. Woof. I don't know why this... Okay, well, anyway. I mean, listen. It's, <laughs> it, there's a problem here, You're not obviously. Gonna I'm it. not going to sugarcoat it. There's issues. Okay. However, well, when I think of this show... I don't think bad as much as like unfortunate, maybe like or? unfortunate. And I always thought this is 
a great example of good on them. Like, for once, let the WWF. Because they made good on it. They made good on it. They right. redid the Even matches. though the matches that they advertised were horrible, at least they still <laughs> did them, right? You know what I mean? I agree with Somebody you. Somebody paid to see fucking Goldust versus Undertaker. Right, like, right. that was all... Like, some kid definitely wanted to see that match, right? At least one or two. Yeah. All right. Well, let's rank, Quinn. Uh-huh. To run them down for you, folks, number one... King of the Ring 95 and number two is WrestleMania 10. Nine. So with no holds barred, why is this on here? I don't know. Both of these are weird. Okay. I don't even know where to rank these. Okay, well, let's think about it. Okay. No holds barred is a very bad movie. Let's yes, be honest with it's that. It's a poor movie, but it's a cult classic. Yeah, there's a cult. And the, it has Dookie in it. It sure does have Dookie, Quinn. Not the Green Day kind, just actual Dookie. Well, welcome to paradise here on The Flush. King of the Rain 1995 is actively horrendous, it's, right? It's hideous. We, yeah. we will say that. A horrible show. WrestleMania 9. Is that only on here because it's a bad WrestleMania? Yes. Because, like, if you look at it as a pay-per-view, it's not, like, it's not horrendous, it's right? average. It's, like, right? a good in your house. <laughs> like, <laughs> WrestleMania Fair. 9. Fair. Okay. So then, how do we stack up No Holds Bar the match the movie against either of these? Um... Ah, here's the thing, is that I have exactly zero expectations for both of these shows on here. Like, even back then. Right. One of them is an in-your-house, right? Which is, you know, those... They're never <laughs> they're that like big like an hour deal. and a half. Yeah. They, they're nothing, right? They're <laughs> right, garbage. Right. Yeah. Like, they're just designed... If you want more wrestling, come here, Here right? it is, right. It's like an extended Raw or something, right? Pretty much. As far as No Holds Barred, <laughs> I mean... The way I, again, the way I look at that is that's just the movie on pay-per-view with right. like a little extra thing. Yeah. This is actually them giving you something extra ordered on pay-per-view. True. You know, which you might have, if you were a pay-per-viewer and you liked watching movies on paper, you might have ordered this anyway. You know what I'm saying? You know, that's fair, Quinn. Yeah. I think No Holds Barred stays at the bottom. Me too. Right? It's completely like, it doesn't offend me. And also, I'm not really mad about Hulk and Beefcake versus ah, Deuce and Savage. 15 minute match. Yeah. It's got Sherry. But plus they have like wraparounds like Mean Gene acting like it matters and stuff. Yeah. And also didn't that lead to that we, those weird promos where Sherry's hanging upside down on a cage yes. and like Macho Man where climbing. I? Yeah. Like it's all weird. Oh, where's, where's the queen? All the weird this shit. This led to good things. It's true. That's that's the video. I love the YouTube video that literally it's called Macho Man on Crack or something. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like it's like and that it's just that interview. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. So we'll leave it at number three because it's a Hulk Hogan movie. What do you expect? It's it's exactly what you expect. Right. Like, From not, both. Yeah. The match and the movie both delivered what you would think they would deliver. Yes. They're they're ex they're perfect. Okay. They're not good. They're just perfect right. for what they are. Right. No. They're it's very bad. Yeah. But it's okay. Whereas WrestleMania 9 is a WrestleMania. and it, it's, it's disappointing. It's a disappointing WrestleMania. And King of the Ring is a whole active volcano of shit. <laughs> it's a piece of garbage. Horrible. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> with, <laughs> with that said, in your house, beware of dogs. Both of them. I get, I'm, I'm assuming this is a package deal, right? Yeah. Unless, what, are we going to make an 11 spot for Beware of Dog 2? It'd be amazing. Imagine it just has a different... What if, like, they're not, they're not rated in right. the exact same spot? They're, like, separated? Would be kind of funny, actually. It would be. But here's the Should thing. Should we? Let's see. <laughs> first things first is we cannot hold, and I will not, 
the lights. Cold. Yeah. It's not their I, fault. I, I agree 100%. That aspect of it is totally not their fault. In fact, like, really, I wouldn't have blamed them for just calling off the show right there and saying, we'll just do the rest tomorrow. Right. Right. So, Instead, they like stuck around and yep. like did the main event later when, when the power went on. Yeah. So I, can, I have to give them credit there. Right. They, they got the main event on the pay-per-view. Which is, honestly, that's the thing I always forget when we bring this up. I'm always like, wasn't the main event on night two? It isn't. No, it's on this. Yeah. And I think that's why Jake and uh, Bradshaw was so short. I think that was a filler. It was 30 seconds, right? Right. I think the deal was like, okay, if we get the shit back on, go home immediately. Right. With just the like, match. So that the show doesn't seem like stunted or whatever, yeah. right? That we just right to the main, to the main event. event. Yeah, it makes right. no sense, right? Right. Which they did. So let's talk about the main event, because normally when we talk about the pay-per-views, we try to talk about the main event. In this case, it was Sean versus Bulldog. Which wasn't bad. It's not. I'm, I'm not going to pretend it is. But yeah, I because will... this was, Bulldog was decent during this period from wrestling. Yeah, no, he yeah. was. He was, Quinn. It was just the Diana shit. It was so bad. It's a crappy angle. But I brought my brother, Pat. <laughs> my husband, Davey. You know how she is. Why don't we always talk like Psycho Send? I don't... Um, <laughs> you see, what really bothered me about this thing was the heel version of Diana Hart. It, it's just her with, like, more lipstick on or something. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm not even kidding. Like, and it, I honestly, I couldn't take her seriously as a heel because I kept thinking of her in the, the brown coat the at cowboy SummerSlam coat. Yeah, I know. in 92. And, oh, like, they, li- they literally, she had, like, a different haircut or something, and now she's evil. Better. Yeah, like. Lipstick. Lipstick and a haircut. And but, it's like, oh, she's an evil lady now. But this is also Camp Cornette version of Bulldog. Yeah. You know I don't like Camp Cornette. It's true. And it's not Cornette. It's just bad. Anyway. I will. I <laughs> Camp will. Cornette. It I stinks. I can't even believe that went on as long as it did. Way too long. Cornette was so bad in WWF. Like, horrible. Yeah. As he a really, manager. As a manager, he was awful. As a manager. As an announcer, he's fantastic. And I didn't mind the thing where he was like shitting on WCW. It was funny, too. Yeah. <laughs> I would even say he's a, he's good as a manager in 93 and 94, but not after that. Spokesperson. <laughs> Fair Mr. Enough, Fuji's the manager. Get Fair that enough. right. You're right. Tell Jason Ward that. Anyway, Sean versus Davey is about the best they could have delivered during that period of time, huh? If you really think about it. Without Brett. Without Brett, without Diesel, without Razor. Yeah, they were waiting on Vader. I thought Davey was a good, a decent fill-in, to be quite honest, for what was on the roster at that point. But is there any intrigue? No, no. Uh, well, the only thing that they did try to say was that the Bulldog was mad that he lost the Intercontinental title or whatever. They did say that at That's some point. Why you have to beware of the dog? Yeah. Woof woof. So, all right. So it's a decent. You know, Shawn Michaels. I am coming after the World Wrestling Federation title or you're whatever. Fu- I can't. You're fucked. You're fucked. Like, I won you know. the Samovar Trophy. Yeah. All right. Anyway. If he had brought the Savile Bar up, I would have said, I'm not ordering this. I will not. In the fucking Savile <laughs> Magic Battle Gorilla. Royal. President Monsoon here. He won the Savile Bar, so he's the number one contender. And I don't care if Jim Cornette likes it or not about yeah. the Savile Bar Trophy. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. We agree it's a decent main event, but is it still pretty weak by yes. world title standards? But it's also an in your house. They weren't planning fair, to be fair. this to be like fucking WrestleMania or anything. Fair. Uh, like, uh, like from the get go, this is a filler pay per view. True. Like, and you're supposed to know that by the reduced price and reduced length. True. Now, they did give us an Intercontinental title match on paper that looks good. Goldust, mm-hmm. rather new champion, hated versus the Undertaker, unbeatable. 
Arguably in a casket match, no less. Cas- so you really think the Undertaker's going to win? Yeah, because he never loses those unless every heel comes out. Right. You know, True. Kind of thing. But you know, the Vegas Austin thing is okay. I'm I don't big, know. I'm, this isn't that Joe, bad. I'm a big fan of the Savio Vegas Steve Austin feud in general. But that also had been going on a while. That went on for like ten years. That feud. It was very long. Even then, it was old. If I yeah. recall. Yeah, I mean, I think the only reason Austin lost this was to get rid of DiBiase, but Good. I'm not sure. <laughs> that alone probably elevates this pay-per-view. Okay, so we've already talked about the card. I mean, it literally doesn't matter. This is one of the least important pay-per-views of all time. Okay, question. What? Is it less offensive than No Holds Barred, the movie The Match? <sighs> That's the thing. It's like, because this show doesn't matter, there's like zero expectations. Right. And actually... Uh, maybe people don't want to hear this, but it's it, we wouldn't even. I guarantee this show wouldn't have even been voted in if the power didn't go up. People wouldn't even remember this existed. You know, that's a fair point. <laughs> I think the power going out is what draws attention to it. Can you tell me what's on in your house seven? Because I can't. Yes. What? Razor Ramon versus Vader. Shawn Michaels. Okay. Obviously. How about in your house nine? The one after this, because you had just listed off the one before. Yeah, that's got the big six man between Sean and Ahmed and Sid. I don't remember any of this. Camp Cornette. I don't remember any of this, Joe. Anyway. Yeah, I guarantee you a lot of people listening to this show don't remember either seven or nine. But see, the thing is, Quinn, whether or not, and you're right, I agree with you, but whether or not it's supposed to be a big one or not, it's still something people paid money for mm-hmm. and was eligible on the list. So being unimportant and being inconsequential is still enough to make it bad. Do you know right. what I'm saying? But what, I, what I'm saying is here, this isn't bad for any reason that's the WWF's fault. I agree. I it, mean, it, it's totally not. It's a very 1996 card. They, did, they presented exactly the best that they had at the time. It wasn't even that bad. Like You're right. King of the Ring 1995 exists on this list, and, that's, <laughs> and that's, that's like the best they had. And it's around this time. You know what? Yeah. yeah. It, and I, I do agree. I think I do. With the assessment that if it wasn't for the power going out... No one would know this. This wouldn't have even been voted. It would just be one of those nondescript (laughs) in-your-house pay-per-views, you know? Because there's a bunch of those. (laughs) So are you saying number four or are you saying number three? It has zero disappointment factor because there is no expectation for it. It's only a story because of the power. Right. The only disappointment is that it took two nights to watch. Yeah. But that's not their fault. And that's... To me, a plus. <laughs> the fact that they were willing to do that, they didn't have to do. They could have just put it on Raw or something. They could have. They could have released it on video. Yeah, they gave it to people for free, from what I understand. Yeah, yeah, of course they on pay per view. That's a very Vince McMahon move, based off the like everyone gets what they pay for. That's like his number one policy. It always has been and it always will be. Yeah, for if better or for happened, worse. If that happened now, he would do the same thing. Oh, yeah, and he would offer to live crowd. Free tickets to come back to. Probably. And he would pay out of his own pocket to go back in the same arena. Maybe. I know he would because that's just, he's an old man and he doesn't fucking change. <laughs> if he thought that in 1996, he would do it today. Fair enough, Quinn. So because, just to finalize the criteria here, because nothing actively was bad on it, it's just very of its time. And it's yeah. not good. We're not saying it's a not good pay-per-view. Good. It's just, WrestleMania- like, the problem is you might say WrestleMania 9 is better. Yes. However, WrestleMania 9, the expectations are much higher. It's, it's WrestleMania. WrestleMania. It's WrestleMania. Eh, WrestleMania 9 is a better pay-per-view, though, Quinn. 
Of course it is. But yeah. it has a zero. But, yeah. but remember, we always consider that like disappointment factor. Yeah. And we and like we said, this would not be on this list, period, because no one would remember it ever fucking happened unless the power didn't go out. Like I said, if, if people remembered Fair. how fucking hideous it was, then they would also remember how hideous In Your House 7, 9. Or 3. 2. 6. In Your House 2 is pretty bad, isn't it? Also, eh, It's okay. In Your House 1 isn't even that good. Yes, it is. We'll find other, out other next year. Other than Todd and the, the money. One, Hakushi. The house and- or whatever, yeah. Nevertheless, I'll I'll agree with you, Quinn. I think we can go number four here. This is just the lowest, just because no. Again, we're, it's really only the power. Understood. Yeah, understood. And again, if any other in your houses make it, now we have a standard for in your houses, right? And we can judge other in your heists uh, by yeah. this one. They have to be really fucking bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Okay, we're in agreement here. Yes. We're gonna wrap it up for week number two here on the flush, folks. As always, be sure to let us know yours. Do that on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email or join the group. But for week number two, let's run them down. Number one, still King of the Ring 95. Number two, still WrestleMania 9. And the not, newcomers. Not much movement. Not much movement. Number three, no holds barred the match and the movie. Number four, in your house, beware of both dogs. Yeah. Both dog. Dog guy. Both, both dogs. Yeah. You know, dog. How many, how many, how many dogs? Anyway. Two. Folks, just two? Yeah. It's a big gate. Anyway, <laughs> folks, be sure to let us know what you think. But Quinn, when we come back, we are going all the way down to Mid Atlantic. We are doing the entire world, the worldwide wrestling. That'll be coming up right after this. Let's go! In the Hulk Hogan's world of head banging crazy. This is and one totally terrifying dude out to destroy a legend with no referee. Get the picture. No ring. Yeah. And no rules. <laughs> Hulk Hogan rips them for keeps in No Holes Barred. Monday at 8 on Channel 11, New York's Movie Station. Hello, wrestling fans. It's time to shout out our friends of the show now. These are other independent podcasters that do their best each and every week to put out a unique program focusing on old wrestling, kind of like OVP. Let's start with the best of Southern Fried Wrestling. We're talking filthy. We're talking unprofessional wrestling podcast. We're talking about booking the territory where you will get your fix of the NWA each week. And then for a whimsical journey led by one man, Pete Winson, Check out Greetings from Allentown. It might be WWF, it might be WCW, it could be Mid-South. So check out our friends of the show. We're talking about booking the territory and Greetings from Allentown. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, episode 244. We thank you for being with us here to start your week off. Quinn, we're reviewing something. Oh, we're reviewing something, all right. We are. And folks, if you want us to review something, by the way, go to our Facebook group, join it if you haven't yet. You know, you hit the join button and you're in and all that stuff. You did it at the beginning, right? Yeah, you might have done that, right? We hope so. I hope. We'll wait. Okay. There is a pinned post called Specific Episode Review Requests. What you do is put a link to, if it's on the internet somewhere, you know, YouTube, Daily Motion, wherever the hell it is, right? Mm -hmm. Or just the date of the show and maybe we can get it. Of what you want us to review, the only rule is it has to be a one-hour show or less. Right. Because all we do on this show, on this weekly show, is a show that is one hour or less. 
Correct. And what happens is Richard Land, he actually is doing the schedule for us, Quinn. Yeah, he's 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 in command. We don't even have any real say. We've lost all say. <laughs> yeah, we have no say. Richard moved to the Ogden office. <laughs> so... Yeah, he got it's a been, visa. He's been working out of there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The fish and chips, so I hear, not as good. That's what he's been complaining all like the last couple months. The chip buddies. Pff, yeah. What like, is that? The chip buddy is poor in Ogden. <laughs> so anyway, but if you want to be our buddy, uh, you can ask us to review something, and we will do our best. Well, we won't. It's mm. up to Richard at this point. It's true. So anyway, what we are reviewing today, Quinn, is the Mid Atlantic, which is Jim Crockett, right. worldwide wrestling. From March of 1979. Now, the interesting thing here is in a very strange twist, Richard Land is the one that suggested this. Richard, who doesn't care about WCW at all. At all. Yeah. It's very out of character. Well, or NWA. Yeah, or anything that's not WWF, right? Like, that's his specialty is WWF. It's his wheelhouse. But he wanted us to review this, and he put this on a while ago, well before he was ever in charge of doing the schedule. It's an interesting show. It is an interesting show. We'll, we'll be up front. It's, it's fine. Right. I had no problem 1979. with it. 1979. 1979. Not even late 1979. <laughs> no. It's like early 1979. That's right. March 21st. So what is Worldwide, Quinn? Well, <laughs> I have a soft spot for Worldwide simply because it's that phantom WCW is on after it's over show. That's right. So it's, it was the longest running NWA slash Jim Crockett promotion slash WCW shows. It started in 1975, October and it was originally known, by the way, as Wide World Wrestling. Mm-hmm. That was changed after a few years to Worldwide to prevent, I guess, confusion with ABC's Wide World of Sports. I'm blaming ABC would get pissed about that, too. <laughs> yeah, you ever notice how much ABC gave a shit about Wide World of Sports? And it's like <laughs> one of the weaker things in their lineup. <laughs> like, I always thought it was because it's like, let's watch bowling or something. I'm like, what? who's watching this? Yeah. <laughs> It's like on a Sunday. It's like people are watching football. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking bowling on ABC. Or 60 Minutes maybe on CBS if you're older. But yes, uh, the Wide World Wrestling was renamed Worldwide Wrestling in 78. And Worldwide was a very popular program Mm -hmm. for the Jim Crockett era of WCW or the NWA. And for WCW. It was never under WCW's umbrella anyway. It was never a main show. Never a main show, but I could always tell the company in general always had a warm, fuzzy spot for Worldwide. Yeah. And like I said, so the point is it survived till the end. The last remnant. It went from like the beginning to the end. That's right. It's 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 it's, it's, a, it's a bastion of the NWA. Saturday night was canceled before it. Yep. Pro was canceled before it. <laughs> Nitro was canceled before it. <laughs> it's insane. Thunder, you know. It's insane how like this it turns out to be the longest lasting right. show they got. It is. It is pretty funny. So we're only four years in here, yeah, not even. And that's weird to me in general as worldwide new. <laughs> it's pretty new, right? Yeah. <laughs> and this must be the earliest version of it we've ever reviewed. Yeah. I, I don't think we've ever I wonder done. if the, there's like an episode from 75 that we could ever review. I'd you know, be curious, like, how did the, the legacy of worldwide wrestling begin? There you go. That's a good question. So uh, another brief refresher here. The Jim Crockett promotions territory was in the Carolinas area, that rough area of the country, just so Mm -hmm. you know. Not Georgia. Don't confuse this with Georgia, okay? That's a different territory. No, it's similar. I don't know. Well, I mean, they're close, but that's Georgia Championship Wrestling. How can we think of the Crockett's from Atlanta, but they're not? They're mid-Atlantic. It's only because they kind of merged into that area over time. And then they put their offices in Atlanta in the 80s. Ted Turner did, yes. So, without any further ado... This is the NWA's Mid-Atlantic 
Worldwide Wrestling, March 21st, 1979. That's a bunch of words in that name, Joe. You know, Mid-Atlantic Worldwide Wrestling. Yes. It's like, holy shit. A lot of spaces there. Anyway, we get some tremendous 1970s-style theme music. Very shaft. <laughs> it's, it's basically the same thing. <laughs> it's, it's good, though. And then we are welcomed by Rich Landrum. Who? Richard Landrum, mm-hmm. who looks like 70s Alex Trebek. I'm not kidding. Hi, wrestling fans. Welcome back to another full hour of Worldwide Wrestling. I'm your host, Rich Landrum, and we've got some more of the superstars from the National Wrestling Alliance. This looks so old. Rich has, like, the frilly puff shirt that we recently <laughs> talked about. Did you notice did, that? Yes. He, he's got that shit the, on. The fancy shirt. Yeah. Now, before we go further, I just want to mention Richard Landrum. Yeah, Rich, Rich not, Land. Rich, not, not to be confused with Richard Land. Yes. Is that why you picked this, Richard? You might think of him, oh, this random dork, but he was actually a longtime wrestling announcer from at least the early 70s. And believe it or not, he was there all the way until the early 80s. Weird. When did he leave before when it became a big deal? He left in 83. Okay. Which is right when they became right a big deal. Cusp, <laughs> <Yeah>. Right on the right? Quite literally right when they became a big deal. But did you know that he actually worked for the World Wrestling Federation for a period of time? On what? In the Baltimore area. Doing what? I don't know. Uh, We'll have to find out. But yes, Richard Landrum uh, was actually a a longtime announcer, so he's not just some guy that like work you know what i mean right, right? Like, he knew what he was doing that is style he's got a style also <laughs> he has a style <laughs> yeah uh, and anyway behind rich here is a cardboard worldwide wrestling logo the set it looks like an old school like wheel of fortune background like you know like in 81 or whenever when like vanna was new when chuck willary just left yeah <laughs> they just picked up vanna from price is right <laughs> <laughs> from that one time she was a guest on price i still is right. think that's an amazing appearance like because it always every time i see it, i'm like Whoa, she's like not even anybody. She's just some lady in the crowd. And Vanna White! Come on down! Anyway, uh, Rich here runs down some names, some matches, uh, most of which I've heard of. Well, we're not allowed to say, Joe. No spoilers. We claim. can't. No. We never can say these matches that That's they say. That's right. I will say, though, without giving anything away, now I get why Richard picked it. Richard Oh, Land. yeah. They're the names we know. Yeah. Let's put it that way. That must be why. So anyway, Rich Landrum does the intros from the floor, like from the hosting post. Which you is weird because he's like, we find out later he's like three feet away <laughs> yes. from the ring. It's like <laughs> The wrestlers for the first match are already up in the ring, so let's go up to the ring for the introductions. First, from Canada. And then we get some very high-tech graphics here, Quinn, <laughs> where the wrestlers are super in- Posed on like a fake TV on the so wall. It looks weird. Very weird. And it's obvious Richard's looking at nothing. Oh, yeah, yeah just like, a blank spot yeah, on the did, set. They did in post. Oh, yeah. Uh, we have Herb Gallant and Johnny Weaver, who is very old. And apparently ever popular. Anytime they say that in these kind of shows that we review, the ever popular, I know, like, it's a guy way past his prime. Like, Well, that's, that's garbage. true. But you've heard of Johnny Weaver, right? Probably I've seen him. He sounds yeah. like he's a pitcher on the Mets or something. Speaking of Earl Weaver, the yeah. manager for the... And they're about the same age, <laughs> Well, yeah, for some context here, uh, Johnny Weaver debuted in the 50s. So, yes, he is old, Quinn. Mm -hmm. Anyway, their opponents are Ernie Ladd. Because he's everywhere, (laughs) like he always is. I love him. He got a territory in the late 70s, early (laughs) 80s-ish. Ernie Ladd's there. It's good. And his partner, 
John Studd, who, by the way, looks like he's in a Leonard Skinner cover band here. Young, but still in a bathrobe with some, like, cruddy belt (laughs) that they never even say what that is. They never mention it. Yeah, it's like, I got my belt. (laughs) Of what? I don't know. Champion of of bedtime? Maybe it was just holding his robe closed. I don't know. Anyway, we go to break and we come back to the ring where Weaver and Lad start. And oddly, this show just has the logo playing for, like, a couple minutes instead of commercials, which you left me, like, a note about. Yeah, I did. Uh, Where did we find this? This oh, one, no. that, that is odd. Is this a master, maybe? How do you find a master of this shit? <laughs> this must be that thing where Cornette, remember he mentioned how, like, it was like WCW was closing down, or one of these places, or it was, like, in the mid-90s, and, like, they were just going to throw out all the tapes, and Cornette literally, like, went to the studio the day before and just, like, brought big boxes and just started taking the tapes yes. with him. Because they literally were going to destroy, like, valuable content because WCW's stupid. I put him in my attic, motherfucker, next to the handcuffs and the gag ball. I will say, I don't like Jim Cornette, (laughs) but good on him on this one. No, I'm absolutely... This is an absolute, like, this has to be that. Thank you, Jim Cornette, for this. He probably... This is probably one of the tapes, Joe. (laughs) So, anyway, the ref is dressed in all blue. Uh, Also, Quinn, I can see... I can't see the wall, Andrew Rogers, but I can see a curtain. I can see a curtain. Yeah, we're in, like, the typical NWA barn. Yeah. I don't know where we are. Filming barn. Somewhere in North Carolina, probably. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hammerlock here is reversed by Weaver. By the way, Latin Stud are enormous compared to these two losers. Like, they are huge. That's a tall team, man. Yeah. Ernie Ladd and John Studd. Actually, like, a cool team. I like like the idea of just two enormous people. I like it. No, I'm fine with that. How tall are these two? Like, are they seven foot each? No, I think Ladd might be a legit 6'8", 6'9", though. Yeah. And Stud's probably right around there with them. I feel like they, like, if you didn't have the context of Andre the Giant, you would think they're, like, the same height as him. Like, yeah, the way huge, this man. looks. Yeah, they're very, very big. By the way, Rich Landrum is doing commentary as well, and he's very professional about it. The mm-hmm. referee's name is Sonny Fargo, if he's you care. He's a ref the whole day, too. The whole day. A Go Johnny Go chant starts up. Marvin Berry? Yeah. Anyway, arm check by Weaver. Lad is back up. Lock up Barra by Lad, and he backs Weaver into the corner. John Studd and his ketchup tights are in now. More like Big John's felt. Man, he's thin here, he, isn't he? He is so thin. I've never seen him look like this. Right? He looks good. He looks <laughs> very good. Yeah. Swing and a miss from bedhead Stud over here, and Weaver with a chin lock on the mat. Back up off the ropes. Hip toss by Stud. Elbow misses. Arm drag by Weaver. Tag into Herb Gallant, who works the arm. <sighs> Do something. Come on. <laughs> Your favorite. Yeah. Uh, Rich tells us, by the way, that Herb Gallant is from New Brunswick, Canada. Wait a second. What? Is this Gilfish Croissant? No. Are we sure? Yeah. No, I'm sure. Herb, is that what you heard as Gilfish Croissant? It's not uh, Gilfish Croissant. Herb Gallant. Gilfish Croissant. It's not. But this guy, Herb Gallant, did work in Grand Prix. Oh, he seems like the Maritimes. Like yep. 100%. He, he seems like dumpy Maritimes wrestler. He is. He's a yeah. Maritimes wrestler. And I think he worked for Stu also. So. Of course he Well, the Maritimes and Stu were like one in the same. They co-mingle, yeah. right? <laughs> anyway, leapfrog by Gallant into an arm drag. By the way, Rich tells us he's a Scorpio. Yeah, yeah this is real. Get used to that all day. Here on, here on Worldwide. Just in case you were wondering. Arm drag and now stud again down on his back. Herb Gallant's astrological sign is Scorpio. The face is working on stud for a bit as I just happily listen to Rich Landrum. I really like him. I think he's good. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. He's professional. Uh, Weaver puts is the, he? Yes. Talking uh, about Scorpio and all this? <laughs> don't worry about it. Another tag. Switching in and out. Weaver and Gallant working well together as a tag team. Another tag is... Stud makes it to his feet. Weaver puts the brakes on an Irish whip in a nice spot. 
Weaver all sly. I can't stand him. How are they making me like Stud Joe? Like, <laughs> this is crazy. I know, because this team... These two faces suck. I know, and I know Weaver, like, mattered or something The ever-popular. So popular. Very. Never heard of him. I've heard of him, but I don't know. I don't know much about him. Earl Weaver. Not Earl. Sorry, Fred Weaver. What's his name? You ever see the footage of Earl Weaver arguing with the ump and all that stuff? And he's like, fuck you, Earl! <laughs> like, oh, it's great. Maybe. You're here for one goddamn specific reason. What's that, Earl? To fuck us! Ah, oh, you're full of shit. Fuck you. Anyway, top wrestling by Stubb, but Weaver takes him down, glance back in, Stubb with a nice whip, and a beal toss before tagging an Ernie Ladd. Nice body slam by the big cat on Gallant, Irish whip, shoulder, up, shoulder block by Ladd, and he talks some shit, which I love. Irish whip, Gallant hangs on to the ropes, though, and avoids another shoulder block. And the people boo, but these are the faces. <laughs> yeah, like, I know. what? That, that was weird, right? It was weird, yeah. Tagging a Weaver, a whip, nice backdrop, and a punch on Stud as well. You know, that old man strength. Mm-hmm. Point. You, gotta you gotta watch, watch out, out for him, yeah. Very old. AARP strength. Quarter whip by Weaver. Big foot up by Ladd on the charge. Studs back in, though. Knee to the midsection. Elbow drop gets two. Quick tag to Gallant. Corner whip. Monkey flip attempt, but Stud hangs on. Gallant falls to the mat. Nice body slam by Stud, and he yells something like, New Daddy 2! Or so- I don't know <laughs> what he said. New Daddy 2! There's a lot of yelling on this show <laughs> yeah. by all the wrestlers because the place is like, there's probably like 20 people in the crowd. Oh, it's small, man. Yeah. A couple of hundred, maybe. Literally I don't think the there's a, even a hundred there, Joe. 50? They're lucky if there's 50. Is it that It's small? one of those like deceptively, like it looks like maybe there's a lot of people, but there definitely isn't because okay. the size of the pl- the size of where Rich is standing and how that's so close, it doesn't make any sense. So it had, like then when you start to think about that, you realize this is probably 25 to 40 people and they just kind of look like there's a lot of them. It doesn't sound like a lot. I'll tell yeah. you that much. Anyway, a whip in the lad's boot here is Rich Landrum says that the heels talk in code. Big atomic drop by Stud is nicely done. Cover gets two. Lads back in. Choke toss for fun. Big leg drop. And guess what? It's all over. Stud and Lad win. Good. This was fine. Yeah, the face is stunk, but whatever. Oh, they did. Yeah. We get a replay now of the finish and then cut to a glamour shot of Ricky Steamboat at the beach. It were possibly Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> this looks like... Like seventies Arnold, it's like, not, but his face—that's the thing. I, know, is I couldn't recognize that as Ricky Steamboat. So then I just was like, "Is that Arnold? No. Are they just showing a random picture of fucking Arnold, <laughs> no. like from his book or whatever, <laughs> the bodybuilding book from the seventies that everyone had?" Uh, no, it's definitely Steamboat, but he has that hair. Yeah, the Arnold seventies hair. They so. show this stupid poster at like every break, and I don't know why they do. Maybe they're very proud of it. But anyway, now Rich Landrum is with Steamboat, who has that longer hair. Right. And apparently, Quinn, we're told that his new nickname <laughs> is... <laughs> it's so bad. Hawaiian Punch. It's so lame. Rick, uh, you picked up a real good nickname, Hawaiian Punch, lately. And the worst part is Rich keeps feeling like, people are calling him this. Make sure you call him this. Yeah. That's his name He's now. Hawaiian Punch. Yep. You gotta call it's him that, getting popular folks. with people, according to me. I've never heard of that. Nobody but- ever called him that. Do you like Hawaiian Punch? The drink? Oh, yeah. Big fan. <laughs> I, I haven't had it in years, though. Same. Where do you even find it? I I don't see it at the stores anymore. No? No. I haven't looked for it, though. Usually the V8 Splash is, like, in its place. That's a good beverage, too, I, Oh, though. I love V8. Don't get me wrong. I love V8 Splash. But, I, you know, Hawaiian Punch is, like, it's it's not popular anymore. And the V8 Splash has taken over the, the like, fake juice position. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. The artificial juice market. Yeah. Uh, which is also the WWF in the 80s. Anyway... Ricky Steamboat is also the U.S. champion, and he says that uh, his opponent tonight <laughs> is Swede Hansen. Good! Good! That's awesome. Right. Now, that's an 83 favorite, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. Top, 
top billings in in the eighty three canon. We, we love, love Swede. We Hansen. love Swede. And his big face turn. He's yeah, amazing. It is. So Steamboat says that Swede is legendary. Damn straight he is. Yes, he is. Yeah. That's right, Quinn. Landrum now brings up Steamboat's ex partner, Paul Jones. <sighs> they were partners. Why would you team with Paul Jones? Why was Paul Jones ever a face? <laughs> That's a more important question. Yeah, there's nothing really likable. There's about zero him, there? things <laughs> likable about Paul Jones. It's impossible. It's true. Steamboat says he's a jerk. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and then we get more, you know, random generic talking about being a face and how you wrestle people. Blah blah blah. We get the glamour shot of Steamboat again, and then we go to break. The production area is so funky. It's really hard to believe this is the same worldwide that ended WCW. Like, it's so weird. This way show. before. I mean, like, really, 22 it, years earlier. The way it's positioned, like, if you're, you're not watching it and you're wondering this, like, it, it seems more like it's shot, like, Saturday, well, not Saturday night, but WCW um, World Championship Wrestling. Yeah. Like, the, the, the show from 85. Yeah, the 80s show. It's that kind of thing, but crappier. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yes, crappier would be an adjective. Uh, we're back now with Steamboat and Sweet Hansen in the ring. By the way, why are the colors inverted like every time they I come from break? Did you notice this? Like, Is that a video glitch or is it really what they did? It's intentional because it happens on every break. True. You know what that inverted thing? Uh, you know how I just talked about World Championship Wrestling? Yeah. In the opening of World Championship Wrestling, the wrestlers that were in space, they were all inverted colors too. It's like that same effect. So basically, they have this new graphic, and they're just using that's it too much. That's not a graphic. That's literally effect. like, it's like it's not even an effect as much as it's like if you turn a knob on an old video camera <laughs> for the color, you can right. literally invert it. Right, right. That's why they can fade it like that, too, because it's it's probably literally just someone turning a knob, <laughs> turn the fucking color on. Yeah, good yeah. point. Uh, by the way, you can get this on YouTube if you want to see it, folks. This is yeah. where we, we got it from. Anyway, uh, we get a bell go behind by Swede, who has bleach blonde hair here, Quinn. He looks good. I know. He's still, like, super ugly face, yep. but it's the classic, like, when Swede has his afro on, he looks really cool. He's great. We love Swede. I love afro Swede more than, like, like dumpy hair Swede. Yes. Like, straight hair Swede is bad. Yeah. But but afro Swede is amazing. Very good. Yeah. Uh, Wristlet by the Swede, but Steamboat powers up. Landrum says that Swede is from Newark, New Jersey, which... I'm is, pretty sure they never said that in WF. No, he's from Slaughter's Creek, if yeah. you recall. Yeah, he's got that Carolina code on yes. or whatever, right? Interesting there. He's also an Aries, and he likes fishing and boating. Astrological sign, Aries. Started wrestling. He's an amateur wrestler at YMCA in high school. Uh, Steamboat reverses a wrist lock, and he's a Pisces. He's 26. Shoulder blocked by Swede, who looks pissed off. Don't fuck with him. <laughs> Grinding. God, this, this Pisces, all this... <laughs> Sounds like a B fifty two song. You remember that? You remember that B fifty two? What? That B fifty two song where it's like, "I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. I'm a Pisces or whatever." Which one is that now? Um, we are the youth of a generation. I don't remember. It. Look it up. There, there's one where like the B fifty twos introduce each each one of themselves in the song. They all introduce each other. It's Does ridiculous. that guy talk like this? That sings this way. He's in it, Sorry, but, Andrew, but just... all, all of them speak individually and introduce themselves. But does he talk like this when he talks about his thing? I don't think he is in character when Good. he does it. Yeah. Good, because his character stinks ass. Yeah. Anyway, grinding headlock by the Sweetster now, and I'm going to say it one more time, Quinn. I really like Rich Landrum. Keeps hyping Hawaiian punch <laughs> nickname, which still, is poor. Still, he won't get off it. It's like when Gorilla was trying to do excellence of execution. Yeah. Like it's the same thing. Maybe he thought of it and he's so proud of it. But you that, know, what that, I mean? that everyone's going to remember him as Hawaiian punch. Twenty years from now, they're all going to call him Hawaiian punch <laughs> because of Rich Landrum. 
who I never heard of. Right. Truthfully, and that's not meant to be mean. I just not never until heard I of watched them. this. Yeah. Same. Uh, push up by Steamboat Crisscross. Drop down. Swede falls over the ropes and to the floor. Nice bump by Swede. But the Swede struggles back to the apron in time, and he's back in. Again, I just really love this hair, Joe. It's so good. I can't stop looking at it. It's very fluffy. It's, in WF, it's brown afro, but here it's a blonde afro. It's like Kempatera. Yeah, but it's Swede. It's Swede. So it's even more lovable. Swede's a different breed. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, lock up Swede back Steamboat into the corner because he was playing some possum for a bit. Big chops by the Swede, but Steamboat with a headbutt to Slaughter's Creek. <laughs> Shot by Steamboat now. He's an expert in the martial arts, we're told. So this isn't a gorillaism. Right. Rich Landrum tells us that Steamboat knows the martial arts. Does he, though? I don't he, think He just so. did like a chop. I know. A lot Rick of people. Flair does yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a lot of guys yeah. do. Anyway, more chops. Hard corner whip by Steamboat. More chopping. Cross corner whip is reversed by Swede. And now Steamboat takes an awesome over the turnbuckle bump to the floor. A steamboat chant fires up as he makes it back to the apron, but Swede headbutts him. Both guys are in trouble now as Steamboat now climbs onto the rope. I don't mean the turnbuckle, folks. Onto the rope to jump on the Swede, but Swede lands a punch to the gut. This is fucking good, and you know what? Maybe it hasn't come through yet, but this is like a battle. Yes. I really like how this match is playing out. They're like... Both men are hitting like their best shots, yep. and both are like struggling up, yep. like Swede and Steamboat. Yeah. I, I really like what's going on in this match. Swede is not going down, right? He's but they're back. treating Swede like, oh, he's the grizzled vet, and yeah. Steamboat's this really, really good up and comer. He's like, twenty six, like earmarked for the world title kind of up and comer, exactly. right? So it's like it's like basically two of the biggest guys, two big titans, like kind of throwing the best they can yeah. at each other, and I kind of like the style of the match. I like it a lot. Yeah. Snapmare by Swede and the knee drop, big right hand, but Steamboat with a double thrust, both guys down again. Steamboat is up first, but Swede boots him down. There you right. go. Swede ain't got to stand for this. He's the veteran here. Right. He's Not been Steamboat. around. Yeah. 20-something years. Steamboat's like a baby to him. Right. So Steamboat with some karate, Irish whip, head down, boot by Swede. This is very good. Yeah. It's a very it's good match. The best match. Swede Hansen match I've ever seen. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Knee drop by Swede gets two. Very close. Again, love this match. Yeah, very good. He approaches, Swede does again, but Steamboat with some karate and a punch. Swede is reeling yes, now. Yes, he is. He's finally like the oldness is coming <laughs> for him. Well, you know, the age eventually, it catches up with you. Yep. What are you going to do? Big chop and Swede is staggered, but he lands a knee. Shove up by Steamboat, shoulder block by Swede. What? <laughs> what the fuck? Off the ropes, backdrop by Steamboat, and then off the ropes again. Sunset flip. One, two, three. Oh. Steamboat wins. Sunset flip. Count of three. There's your winner, the U.S. heavyweight champion, Ricky Steamboat. Good match. Good match. Seriously. I feel like that's a match they could have done at the house shows, and they probably did. Oh, yeah, I don't know. It, it seemed too good for this. Like, they were trying to say, hey, come and go see this. At, We've done this before type of thing. Come see this at the live show. It's even better. We'll do it in a cage or some right. shit. Like, right? That was good. Yeah. That really was a very good TV match. Mm -hmm. We got a replay. Go to break, and we're back with Rich Landrum, who is with the tag team champions down here in Mid-Atlantic. Mm -hmm. Paul Orndorff. All wonderful himself. And Jimmy Snooker. Yeah, big faces, too, which is yeah. super weird. Paul Orndorff, a face. That's new and to Jimmy me. Jimmy Snooker, like, not like a... like He, like, talks a lot. Yeah, you he know? talks more. Yeah. So Orndorff, like you said, he's all nice here because he's a face and he's... 
putting over and calling out the Anderson brothers. That's Oli and Gene. Oldie. Oldie, yeah. yes. By the way, their belts are like super tiny. <laughs> it's like ridiculous. Very. T- they're like two inches tall, yeah. these belts. You know, that's very too. You know, they got credentials all a mile long. You know, they held the belts, I believe, longer than anybody uh, anybody else that ever had sure. them. They even held them longer than uh, Flair and uh, Valentine, I think. Anyway, we turn to Snooka now, who mumbles... But a lot more clearly than usual. Yeah, but all boring. All boring. Yeah, I think uh, these uh, are really yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> really good. Uh, Oli and old, and yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think those. I think it'll be a good match when we fight them again. And the understands they're more experienced, but you need to prove yourself in the ring, brother. We're gonna give them a hell of a battle, brother. You know that type yeah. of shit. But there's another thing you gotta realize that when you get into that ring, brother, that's the most important thing that you can prove to yourself. We now go to the ring. Where Pedro Morales is being introduced. Looking all sly. God, Pedro. Way to stink up a show, huh? When was he good? Like, 73? (laughs) Like, I've never seen a good match with him, ever. Even the stuff they showed on that, like, the best of the world heavyweight title or whatever, they show some match where, like, Pedro's fighting fucking, um... I don't know, Stan Stasiak, Ivan Koloff. Ivan Koloff. Like, even that, that's supposed to be his big thing or whatever. It's horrible. I never understood why Pedro was popular. He's not that good, looking back, retrospectively. I mean, we only see him in the 80s, but he's never good in the 80s. Not good in the 70s. I don't know what the appeal is. I don't know, Quinn. Anyway, his partner is Steve Regal. Yeah, not that one. Not that one. Which, the funny thing about that, right, when we say Steve Regal, to me, it's actually believable that it might be Steve Regal, (laughs) only because... Remember Steve Reels always said, yeah, I was wrestling at Blackpool in like 1910 and I was like <laughs> seven years old or something. You know? This is but, true. Like, he's always like, yeah, I was just like a baby. Or, like, yeah, I had a chip buddy and then I went in the ring. He was like in the Infant Wrestling Federation or something. Like, I don't know. Like, he was like extremely young. Steve Infant Regal was wrestling. wrestling yeah, you know what I mean? Like, he, he always mentions this. But no. <laughs> In this case, it is uh, Mr. Electricity, Steve Regal. Yeah, the other one. The other one, who had a cup of coffee in the WWF in 86, if you care. But anyway, their opponents are Baron Von Raschka, who looks the same level of old as usual, <laughs> and the NWA television champion, Mr. Number One, Paul Jones. Yucky. Yucky. Number one Ugh. of what? <laughs> My ass? Horrible. Number two out of your yeah. ass. Uh, to break it, we're back where Regal and Jones start lockup side headlock by Paul Jones, who already looks like a manager. <laughs> by the way, Paul Jones is all loud. What is he, Mike Sharp? <laughs> like the whole time. Just manager ready. Don't what is this all- weird, like, we're pushing Paul Jones as like a big bad heel singles wrestler? Was this normal, folks? Because we're not very well schooled in pre- 84-ish. All I know about Paul Jones is he always gets his ass handed to him and he's, and he's wearing a suit. Good. Hey, you know a know stupid I mean? suit. Yeah. Sometimes it's like a, like a hat, German usually, or something. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Rich uh, Landstrom, Landrum, whatever his name is, keeps saying Pedro Morellis. Yeah, I, I kept hearing this. I thought I was hearing it wrong, so I just ignored it. No, he's definitely saying Morella yeah. with an S. Pedro Morellis. Anyway, Rich now says hi to WBIR in Charlottesville, Virginia. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arm drag by Regal, and you can write into if you want to. Rich Landrum. Worldwide Wrestling, W-R-A-L-T-V, P.O. Box 12000, Raleigh, North Carolina. This is charming. And Isn't it's, it? But the funniest part is it's like on the screen for like, like, I want to say like a minute and a half. It's like, so long. It's like a very, like, they, and, and when it goes away, Rich goes, oh, and like, I swear, Joe, that Rich has the knob or whatever next to him to turn that for off. For the Chiron? Yes. <laughs> 
that's what I think happened because he 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 does like a oh like he, he, he like didn't realize like he didn't look down at the monitor or something. <laughs> so oh shit, I got to turn this <laughs> <Yeah>. off. <laughs> that's funny. Anyway, Pedro waddles in now, works the arm. Rich says, by the way, if you want a written response to him, please include a self-addressed stamped envelope. Very nice. Very nice. It's this is during that time when people actually did write in. Yeah, and oh, the station yeah. was pretty local to them. Yeah, exactly. Like this didn't go out everywhere just yet. Probably. Oh no, no, no. You this know? would be like, like us writing in the news twelve. Yeah, exactly. It's like fifteen minutes away. Yeah, you know, we could drive there now and be like, "Hi." You could drop the letter off <laughs> <Yeah>. by hand. <laughs> anyway, Paul Jones is in with a whip of Pedro with a shoulder block body something by Pedro. Rashka tags in now. So does Regal. Fireman's carried by the Baron. He's a Leo, by the way. Regal with a spinny sit-out attempt and finally gets a single leg on the Baron. Also, we're told the Baron's other favorite sport besides wrestling is soccer, and he raises rats for scientific purposes. Like, Where did they pull that one up from? I don't know, but I don't mind it. It's very charming. Like that one, that one is obviously fake to make him sound like evil or something. Yeah, yeah. But the, what's odd about it Maybe is it's like not. It feels like it's trying to fit the Baron von Roshka character as if he's like some kind of mad scientist, like Frankenstein or something like, you know what I'm saying? Baron von Rat King. Baron von <laughs> Frankenstein. I don't know. Steve Regal is, on the other hand, a Virgo. Stop! <laughs> he won't, like, it's even worse in tag team matches because he starts just going on and on and on about this shit. <laughs> Gotta fit in all the astrological signs. And now J.R. Landrum here says that uh, he played football as a punter for Indiana State. He got a tryout for the Washington Redskins. Neat. <laughs> I don't care. Paul Jones in now to work the arm. Arm, arm, arm. Regal with a reversal, but he gets hammered down. Barrett back in, though, with some kicks and a shoulder breaker. breaker. Uh, body slam is escaped by Regal. Botched O'Connor roll, and both guys are back up. Paul Jones is back in. Snapmare and a pair of knee drops. Tagged back to the Baron. Snapmare and the claw on the mat. Regal wiggles around, but Pedro comes in with some stumps, <laughs> and Baron just ignores that and keeps the claw on. Yeah, wow. Pedro blows. <laughs> Jeez. First like, of all, he's like, ah, e, 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 and yeah. Baron's like, no, fuck you. This is such typical Pedro that yep. we saw in like 83 where he just yep. puts zero effort in. What the is the deal with this? The shitty stumps. Was he ever good? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. Uh, he then pins Baron does Regal with the claw. Then Pedro fats in afterwards because he's a meanie. Pedro's such junk. I know. Like, oh my goodness. The heels didn't even cheat. They didn't cheat. They barely tried. It was just Pedro just like left Regal for dead in there. Like, what the fuck? You stink. Uh, to break, we go. Okay, hi, we're back, Quinn, with Ric Flair in the ring. <laughs> okay, good. Good. Brian Morse will be happy here. The Nature Boy is the Nature Boy, by the way. It's already that version of Flair. Mm -hmm. Blue robe, the usual long-ish hair for that period of time. They act like I think he's coming off losing the U.S. title. I think we're he in was. that phase where he's like gearing up for the world title. Correct. So his opponent, though, even more notably, Richard, thank you. This is great. It's Nick DiCarlo. Fuck, yes. You want to fight? Like <laughs> Nick DiCarlo himself from 83 canon. From 84 canon, yep. too. Yeah, he's even in 84. Now, if you've never watched the canon, the free ones are on YouTube or on this podcast I don't know feed. if Nick DiCarlo canon is on there yet. He's in, no, because 83 is on there, so he's definitely it's there. It's not all of 83 yet. It's September, up to say he's definitely yeah. on there. So Nick DiCarlo is this, like, <laughs> mid 40 maybe 50s yeah. in in the 80s right and he's just this grizzled italian guy that never backs down from a job so yeah what's I'm from a wrestler what's really weird is he's a job guy right maybe he was a star in like the 60s or something. i don't know but like <laughs> never heard of him outside of this but um 
what Joe's saying, what he means by that is essentially like most jobbers just like go down like paper, like, like underpants, just, yeah, like underpants. Or whatever. This fucking guy, like you push him and he starts fucking fighting back. <laughs> it's great, like, and he's always like, "Come on, you want to <laughs> yeah. bring it on?" And like they really have to like take it to him every single time. It doesn't matter who the fuck it is; it could be the world champion. It's like you want to go, like, and like, they'll keep beating the shit out of him. Get up! It's like, come on, bring it on, like. He, he just has this, like, reputation. Like, that's, like, how he wrestles. Yep. It's really weird, and I've never seen a jobber like him. And he always fights heels, so it's okay yeah. that he's fighting back. Yeah. You know, he's fighting the heels. He's, like, so- yelling at them yeah. and stuff. Like- I'll fucking go. Yeah. I love him. We all do. And uh, DiCarlo also, Quinn, has very big hair. His set of, of the era, you say, Oof. 70s. He, he slimmed it down for the 80s. Miami Vice came along. Oh, and he's like, gotta, gotta get rid of this fro, right? Nick DiCarlo's a cool guy. Yeah, he likes Don Johnson a real lot. Is and he scared, Quinn? He's not uh, at all of Ric Flair. <laughs> not scared Former Flair. U.S. champion now, but like that's something back then. Yeah, true, yeah, true. You know what I mean? He should be. Yeah, but, but he's not. He doesn't care. He's not backing down from Ric Flair. Nope. So we get a lockup and a shove off to the corner by Flair. Rich Landrum thinks that DiCarlo might upset him. Hey, it's possible, Quinn. You can never be sure with Nick DiCarlo. That's right. So side headlock now by DiCarlo. Oh, bold immediately. It's like, come on! <laughs> so Rich references Ric Flair's rambling Ricky nickname. Because that's recent. It's like, like eight years ago. Is it? Yes. Are we sure about that? I thought it was like three. Like, was I thought it, like it was 71? right before the plane crash. That was in 77, so. No, the crash was what, 75. Maybe. Oh, is it that far back? All right, so it's four years. Okay, it's recent It's enough. not that old. You're right, yeah. you're right. Anyway, Ric Flair is a Pisces, if you care. Calm the hell down, Rich. <laughs> like, enough already. I don't care. <laughs> Side of the takeover by DiCarlo, and he cranks it up on the mat. He's a fucking charge <laughs> of Ric Flair. He's a veteran here. Yeah. He Nick, is. Nick fucking DiCarlo, he man. He care. Anyway, Flair likes meat. We know that. And horseback riding and other stuff, but we won't get into that. DiCarlo is a Capricorn, and his favorite hold is the Italian crab, which... Uh, not the Boston one? It better be the Boston crab. It better crab. just be the same move, but it's the Italian crab. I look at Italian crab in a nice bully base. Okay. Anyway, shoulder bop by DiCarlo, but Flair is up with a few knees. DiCarlo fights back, though, for him off the rope. Flair sends him down with another knee, and then a knee drop. Very knee. Dr. Knee. Yeah, remember <laughs> Dr. Knee? It's real. That's it, a real doctor. Yeah. A wrist lock by Flair and a woo. And then he yells, who's the man? And you can tell he's like a star already. Like oh, Ric yeah. Flair is like kind of like really egging on the crowd. Listen, I'll be fair to Flair. He's yeah. a big deal. He you already is and he hasn't won the world title yet. But this is cool because this is not not often talked about time period. This build up to him becoming like one of the top guys. Yeah, right around the same time Steamboat was. This is like we're in the phase where it's not he's just like a nobody that's like good. He's actually like no he's like a former champion and and like he's a world title contender now but he's not yet the world champion so right sean michaels 94 95 right it's like the build-up right era, that era of rick flair which is not off talked about right bret yeah. hart 91 right i think this is super interesting seeing him yeah. in this period because this is the part that they just kind of skipped it they're always like and then he beat dusty <laughs> yeah. Rhodes. like he, got, he he survived a plane crash and then he beat dusty Rhodes. he was a world champion there's like Five years yeah. between that. It's basically barn, yeah. plane crash, dusty roads. Right. You know what I mean? They just skip over his whole build, like five-year build to become the world champion. Right. He was also a tag champ and all right. that stuff. He just had to, he won a bunch of belts. Yeah. Like he did things. He did a lot of stuff. Yeah. Anyway, we work this wrist lock a bit, but DiCarlo makes it up, flips out of it. Flair's still in control. They'll land some chops in the corner. Body slam by Flair off the ropes. Knee drop misses. And now DiCarlo with a kick off the ropes and some rights and lefts. Nick is all like, you want to fucking fight now? Come <laughs> See, on. The rights, like, the left, where he's just like, come on. He doesn't care. Fisticuffs. He's, Bring it on, Ric 
Flair. I love it. Loser. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Nick DiCarlo, bitch. Yeah. Anyway, Irish whip by Nick. Backdrop. Flair begs off, but lands a boot and sends DiCarlo to the floor. Damn it. Damn. Flair goes to the apron, lands a knee to the back. Big chop by Flair. Keeps DiCarlo out of the ring. Come on, Nick. Come on, Nick. Uh, by the way, the referee, still Sonny Fargo, like Quinn said, the whole day. Yeah. Just every, every match. I refed in... 1879. This guy, he's like a thousand years old. Did you notice that? He didn't ref some of those uh, Abraham Lincoln matches. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, DiCarlo backed out the apron to Flair. Suplexes him back in. Off the ropes. Big knee drop, but a cover only gets two. Nick wants more, That's damn right. it. He ain't done. Yeah. Flair now works the leg and quickly ah, clamps on that figure four, and it's all over, folks. Nice attempt, though, by Big Nick. It was very bold. Very bold. And now Flair with some choking after the bell, and he shoves Fargo to the mat a few times. Hey, calm down now. What the hell? So he's just now he's just beating the shit out of DiCarlo. Elbow it's very drops. rare you see Flair like this. Very where he yeah. like attacks someone after the bell kind of thing. All aggressive like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just punches, chokes, just kicking DiCarlo's ass. Man, this is sad. Very sad. I don't want to see this happen to Nick. I know. I love him. Anyway, Flair then struts as we get a replay. Get another break, and now we're back with Rich Landrum. Paul Jones and the Baron. Baron's keep is heroic, by the way. Can I just say that? It's very red and nice. I don't mind Baron Von Raschke for the record. I, I really don't, mind, don't. I really don't either. I've never <laughs> minded him. Yeah. Like, even when he shows up and he's old in, like, the late 80s, I still, like, <laughs> don't fine, have an right? issue. You know what it is? He's another one of those... He's been bald his whole career. Yep. So he really, like, he always looks kind of old, and it doesn't fucking matter. Ready is that instant potato face. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it just... He looked old in 1971 or whenever we saw him, like, really old. Like, when we saw him really early on. Yeah, he always looked old. One of those. So it just works. Yep. He could wrestle for another 30 years after this, and you really couldn't tell the difference. Exactly. Uh, Paul Jones says that he and the Baron respect each other and also fuck Ricky Steamboat. Mm-hmm. And Tony Atlas. Fuck him, too, for some reason. He's apparently here, and we never see him. I, no, I wish we did, though. Yeah. Uh, the TV title belt that he has looks really junky. All the belts are junky down here. It's We're before, like, Reggie Parks and all them. Like There you go, yeah? Yeah. We are. Uh, Landrum gets all bold now with Paul Jones and says, you know, because the whole thing here is Paul Jones is like, I didn't pull the tights when I fought Steamboat. And Landrum's like, we saw it on Insta Replay. It's very yeah. funny. But they took it away from me because they said I did something illegal, like oh, something, pull the tights. We saw you, it on Instant Replay. Now, you do, you're going to tell me I monkeyed with the film, right? You, right? you, I know y'all did. The Baron says whatever crap about Steamboat Orndorff, Snooka, Tony Atlas. It's like fake accent is like comical. Like you can't even understand what he's saying. It's kind of like a cross between Nikita Koloff and like Andre the Giant. If that's possible. That's a scary cross. Maybe a little Bella Lugosi while Mm -hmm. you're at it. Anyway, we fade away from this and we go to break. Also, Dino Bravo was mentioned, unfortunately, for some fucking reason. Why is he here? I don't know. I would not not employ him here. He's great. Anyway, our next match is in the ring. It's Snooka and Orndorff against Frank Monty and Brute Bernard. (laughs) Monty and Bernard sound like two old men from the Muppets, Joe. We're going to fight the tag team champions. Yeah, yeah, like they're in the balcony of this barn or whatever. They could be. Anyway, Snooka and Monty start shove off by Snooka, who is not wearing boots, if you care about that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. He's also got pinkish trunks. They weren't the leopard. It looks like swimming trunks. Yeah, they weren't good or anything. Monty looks pretty good here. He gets a kip up here, snuggle with a leapfrog, though, and then a monkey flip. Monty is full of pain. (laughs) 
tagging the brute Bernard who looks dumpy and silly. Looks like he's like 7,000 year old. He's like walking around like he has shit in his pants. What is this guy? Well, it depends. Yeah. Oh, man. But, but seriously, what is what is what this guy? What even is he? I don't even know. He does like an old man dance and people laugh. And he is really, believe me, unpredictable. You don't know what he's going to do from one minute to the next. What is he supposed to be? I don't, I don't know. get it. Anyway, Porno Orndorff is now shoulder blocked <laughs> by Brute. Orndorff Quinn with a flying head scissors. When does Orndorff ever do that, never. by the way? He's, he's like an acrobat in there. It's weird. All of a sudden, he's a face. He's wrestling like Brady Boone. Yeah, it's weird. Eduardo Carpentier here. <laughs> anyway, he's also a Scorpio and likes the suplex. His favorite food is seafood. <laughs> Whose favorite food is just generically seafood well the funny part is they go to snooka's next oh yeah no so we get another yeah. flying head scissors tagged to snooka snooka guess what he's a gemini and his favorite food good thing he's not pisces because yeah. his favorite food is fish <laughs> fish fish his favorite hobby is kill okay anyway the brood is back in with a shitty series of forums and a tag to monty monty fires away and takes down snooka tag back to the brute awful forearm drop by the brute but snooka moves by the way, we're told that Brute Bernard's hobby is horses. What the fuck is Rich talking about at this point? It's like ridiculous. Well, even Rich is like, maybe he goes out and wrestles them. I don't know. I hope that's what he does with them. Anyway, Ordorf This is- last match is like garbage time, it's Joe. Terrible. It's terrible. It's so dumb. Ordorf back in. Backdrop on Monty, who is also back in. Knee lift. Tag to snook a body slam. He heads up top. Superfly splash. Yes. Yeah, goodbye. Get a chance to see that superfly splash high off the ropes, down across Bonnie with all his weight. One, two, three. Not bad. It was fine, but Bernard is so weird. What a weird fucking dude. What was he supposed to be? I don't know. He's like Georgie Animal Steel, but shittier. Like the French angel version yeah. of George Steel or yeah, something. It was that, very yeah. bad. Very Canadian, too. I could tell he was like from Maritimes or some shit Let, like that. Let's find out. You want, you want to find out? Sure. Brute Bernard. Okay. A couple of quick tidbits on Brute Bernard. Okay. He's from Quebec. Of course he is. So you were right about Look that. Look at him. He also won the WWWF United States Tag Team Championship. What? With Skull Murphy. Who? They lost those titles, Quinn, to Killer Kowalski. Okay. And Gorilla Monsoon. <laughs> So he wrestled Gorilla Monsoon. Anyway, we now get a Rich Landrum with Ernie Ladd, John Studd, and Ric Flair. What a jolly crew this is, That's a great crew. Yeah. So Ladd bitches first about Jack Mulligan. He's fucking sick of him. I don't blame him. I don't blame him either. Do you ever want to see Black Jack Mulligan? Every time he comes to WF, I'm like, get out of here. I have no interest at all. So Ernie predicts that Mulligan's never coming back, and Rich is like, now he is. And Lad's like, you know, fuck, that's bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, Lad is like in denial about it. He's like, no, he's not coming back. This is why I make a prediction. Loud mouth Mulligan will not show in there again. Well, according to an interview I had a couple of weeks ago with him from a tape, he's coming lies, back. Lies, lies, lies. And apparently John Studd is the one that collected a $10,000 bounty that Ric Flair put on Jack Mulligan. I see, I see. So I that's like why it. they're friends. Yep. Now John Studd says that he wants the U.S. title back from Steamboat. I gotta say, Quinn, this is the best promo I've ever heard from John Studd. I know. He actually, like, talks and doesn't sound like a loser. <laughs> Amazing. He's coherent. And when John Studd came to town, I brought the stud list. And right on top of the stud list was a name, Blackjack Mulligan. 
Anyway, Flair now cuts a good promo, regular Ric Flair already, about how he's the uncrowned world champion. See? Already. It's coming. Yep. And that this is the new Ric Flair. He's here. And these three are going to make Rich Landrum a big star. <laughs> Rich Landrum needs it. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. Anyway, Flair storms away all happy. Meanwhile, Stud is still there with Lad, and Stud puts over Ernie Lad. He's like, Ernie Lad is really good. I'm thankful to be with <laughs> yeah, Ernie Lad. Yeah, it's good. It's all nice. Anyway, Rich Landrum then sends us home as a voiceover tells us that worldwide wrestling has been furnished for broadcast by Jim Crockett Promotions in exchange for commercial consideration. And then, Quinn, we get credits. Very 70s. Yep. The producer, Jim Crockett, and the director, who Kevin Doofus. <laughs> that can't be real. <laughs> That's a good nickname for the current producer, too. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Doofus done. Anyway, this was actually totally fine. All the matches were pretty solid and competitive and crisp. Also, in my opinion, in my opinionation, Rich Landrum was great. Other than the astronomical signs or whatever. Astronomical, yes. A- a- astronomy, astronomy signs. Astronomy signs. Astrology, Quinn, I was kidding. Other than the astrology signs. Good stuff overall, though, wouldn't you say? Yeah, fun little show. Cool to see the 80s NWA like about to take shape. Right. I kind of liked it. That was really the most interesting thing for me. Yeah, is definitely. We, we never really do this period of time of NWA. These guys were all coming up, you could tell. Like all Wonderful, Snooka, Ric Flair. Steamboat, like, they're, yeah. They're, they're all here. And Nick DiCarlo and Sweet Hanson yes, were here. big time. So thank you, Richard, for that one. And you guys, again, if you want us to review something, drop it on the Facebook group. But we hope you enjoyed this episode of OVP. Just a quick request for you, if you don't mind. If you have iTunes, Apple Podcasts, please, if you'd be so kind to leave us a review, it'll take a couple of seconds. And I don't know how, Quinn, but it helps us, right? Yes. I don't it does, know how. Uh, it's statistics. I don't know. Numbers. So, maths. Maths. So if it's not too much of a hiccup for you, why don't you go ahead and leave us a review there? You can also follow us on Twitter, if you don't, at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email, join the group. But until next time, we are so thankful for you guys being with us here. We will see you in November, believe it or not, for episode 245. Until then, I am Joe Murata. That is Michael Quinn, and we are out of here. See ya! Hello, chaps. This is Richard Land. Not to be confused with this Rich Landrum and his porno tash. Trying to find out more about this guy being in the WF. I'm hearing he was a host briefly, maybe, perhaps, on the Superstars of Rustlin Sea Show around late 84, early 85, maybe. But I can't find any videotape evidence to prove it i will keep looking while i have my chip butty cheerio Cheerio now. now